Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people in attendance at home, from parts unknown, here are your hosts, Jason Turtleneck Hilton and legendary luchador, Gringo Fantastico. It is now time for Headlines, Headlocks, and Hijinks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 15 of Headlines, Headlocks, and Hijinks with Jason the Turtleneck Hilton and... Legendary luchador and the guy that's been editing for nonstop for like the last 38 hours probably. Well, maybe not nonstop. Gringo Fantastico. There you go. That was a nice intro that was fucking terrible. <laughs> it was a fine <laughs> intro. Just fine. Not great. Just <laughs> not fine. fine. Yeah. You know what, man? We do this podcast and, uh, you know, it's like, it's just a fun sit down, nice, calm thing. So I don't feel like I need to like be stupidly over exertive in it. So, um, so tell me something. Pisces, six foot, roughly 240. <laughs> Always. <laughs> uh, by this time, everybody has that memorized. So be careful. Um, why, so AEW Fight Forever is getting ready to come out. It's got yes. some, got some really neat. They say it's like the spiritual predecessor, predecessor, not predecessor, sequel, successor, successor. Yeah, spiritual successor to WWF No Mercy for the Nintendo sixty four. Which, if that's the case, then fuck yeah, because that game was awesome. That's probably one of the best wrestling games there's been. But the models, like, and I don't know what's going on because I've looked at some of the gameplay and some of the models, and they look really good. Abaddon looks really great. Like she, her character looks great on there. You know all the, but then I saw that weird picture of Eddie Kingston that I sent you, and it did not look like Eddie Kingston. It looked like looked like Sloth from the Goonies got in a car accident. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it looked like like Toxie and Sloth had a love child. If if they didn't put that it was Eddie Kingston, I'd have no idea it was Eddie Kingston. Yeah, that's the thing. I had no fucking clue. I was just like, I just looked at him like, Eddie, that doesn't... If I was Eddie Kingston, I'd be pissed off. <laughs> I would tell him, just take me out of the fucking game. Like, you know, I don't... Even though he's going to get a lot of residuals and things like that. But it's like, just take me out of the fucking game. Because I don't want to look would, like Toxie's I would bottle. find Sammy Guevara and I would slap him just to spend the rest of my contract at home. Yeah, just smack him. And make him look like your character from AEW Fight Forever. <laughs> Put him on that stupid, dumbass slap show. Which I don't, I don't even know if it's even on anymore. They ended the season. I know they're still putting on events, which, if you must. But every time I ever see it on like UFC Instagram, everyone yeah. just drags it. Like, not many people are into this. It's so fucking stupid. Like, we've had this conversation, but it's just so fucking stupid. Like, let's stand there and let someone slap you in the face. That's a, you know, if you want to do something like this fucking arm wrestle or something, you know, fucking worked in over the top with Stallone. You know what I mean? That movie's fucking awesome. I don't think anyone's going to make a movie about slap fighting. You know what the sad part is? They tried that. It was called X Arm. And the idea was they combined MMA and arm wrestling. The only fight I've ever seen was um this one Samoan tough dude and arm wrestling champion go at it. The arm wrestling guy starts with trying to pin the Samoan's arm 
and the Samoan just starts beating the shit out of the arm wrestling guy, and they're buckled by their waist to the table, so they can't <laughs> run or anything. Oh, that's and funny. In the second, in the second round, arm wrestler guy's like, "I'm done getting punched in the face," so he goes for a flying arm bar over the table. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. I'm, I mean, it sounds like I'm pulling this out of a hat of just nouns and verbs, but I promise this is what happens. So they're allowed to, they're, so they're arm wrestling, but then if one of them gets pissed off, they can do a Tito Santana flying forearm. Yeah, you can literally win by submission, knockout, or pinning your opponent's arm. It was like someone just like, what do you do, grab their hand and bite them until they stop? Pretty like, much, yeah. Their arms were, um, their hands were like, Connected by straps or some apparatus of some sort. This sounds like a Dana White idea. Like, seriously. Funny enough, it wasn't Dana, but it was the guy who owned the UFC before Dana. Oh, boy. Oh. But no, what I'm noticing is a lot of UFC fans are looking at Power Slap going, this is insulting. We like the art of martial arts. We don't like the idea of someone just standing there and taking an unprotected shot to the head. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. Like, and 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 in generally, anyway, it's fucking dangerous. Have they not learned anything about CTE? Like, with everything, that's, right? It's like you know. I think that those Alda's assholes should have be forced to watch the Chris Benoit documentary before they fucking like do that shit. But then again, these people like I I, I think I mentioned this before, but I got in an argument on Twitter, and I try not to argue with anybody on Twitter. But this this guy was just he was pissed off and I was just like I just had to play Switzerland because well, I mean I have to do that. I can't really I I'm a public figure, so I can't have an opinion anymore. Um but like except for on this podcast, obviously. <laughs> um and he was just like heard me, he's like, Well, my brother's sister's cousin does this because uh because like he needs us to support his family. I was like, you know, you could if you could go fucking work at KFC. You know what I mean? Or right, he could like, go, you know, like would he rather have a fucking would he you rather could deliver have deliver beer? Yeah, you could drive a fucking Amazon truck or something. Like, like, like you don't have wrong to wrong with any of those jobs. And 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 I'm assuming that this is like one of the fucking like farm league versions mm-hmm. this guy was it wasn't even like the TV one where people were making money because Dana White's dumb and um, it was probably just, yeah, it was probably just like some assholes fucking garage where they all do this and they're like throwing in dollars. Yeah, bro. You know, that's probably who was be like, they need this to make a living. I'm like, there are lots of other ways that would probably make them the same amount of money that isn't going to give them a fucking CTE concussion that they're going to have problems with for the rest of their lives. Like right. I'm a very very outspoken about the CTE thing. I, that uh, when that slap fight thing started, that just automatically pissed me off. Um, but anywho, on to other things. The Iron Sheik. Oh, dude, away. that one. That one was rough. Yeah, that one hit hard. Uh, not not happy about it, but I mean, Kozrov's he was, you know, he lived a very full fun life yes he did and he you know like i'm glad that he lived as long as he did so i'm just trying to be happy about that he was the amateur athletic union greco-roman wrestling champion 
Yeah. And he was an assistant coach for the USA in the 1972 Olympics. Yeah. He was like a bodyguard or something for the Shah, the Shah of Iran or something like that. I just point. saw an interview like five minutes ago with Sergeant Slaughter where he Sergeant was talking Slaughter. about the Sheik and he got emotional doing it as I would expect he would. Yeah. But he said the Sheik didn't originally want to leave Iran. He was actually forced out when the government changed over and yeah. they had a hit on him. I had no idea there was like a hit on him. Yeah, they. Um, I watched that WWE documentary thing they had on A&E with the Sheik not too long ago. And yeah, apparently there was just the people he knew and people he looked up to. They had all been getting offed or whatever by the government. He was like, I'm out. I'm going to take <laughs> off before this becomes an issue. I don't know if he had an actual hit on him. Probably did. But yeah, so that's real fucked up. But he made yeah, it over here and did a lot. Had a long, amazing career in wrestling and, and all a bunch of other stuff. So. I would argue Hulk Hogan beating the Iron Sheik was the real start of Hulkamania. Like, that's when it really went it Like, yeah. it had started, but it didn't really gain momentum until that moment. Yeah, there is no, there wasn't, I mean, I've, other people have posted this too, but there is no Hulkamania without the Iron Sheik. Because everyone hated him so much. And, and because, I mean, there was a bit of a residue off of the whole, like, Argo thing. Yes. And people still like hated him and he didn't he didn't help when he would run out and yell and scream. <laughs> My director was telling me, Krista was telling me that um her dad would like bought so much into it, like he was sending her text about how, how he was like a legit crazy guy. He was beating the shit out of a car and all this other stuff. <laughs> so people did buy into it and some people still think he but being around Kaz Kaz as much as I have been, not a lot, but you know at least a half a dozen times uh, and having conversations with him. Like he's totally not that guy, you know, I'm breaking kayfabe. Be fuck, be, be Brian Blair there. I made up for it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but he was like, yeah, such a nice guy, man. He was very helpful, you know, and he always would talk to the indie guys. Like when you'd be on an indie show, he was always very happy to like try to help and give advice and, and things like that. And, it just it sucks and he was a character i mean on twitter even alone he was still working that gimmick so oh, what was that one tweet everyone was sending out was when he says it's something akin to be a good person you fucking piece of shit yeah like i think he he actually that was like the night before he tweeted that out or something yeah something like that or like, yeah, it was like the night before, and he woke up and he was passed away. I mean, that's kind of weird. That would be his last thing, but it's still working the gimmick to the very end. So, oh, and he made so much off of the whole "I break your back, I make you humble." Well, that yeah, a terrible impression. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll tell my story real quick, and people have seen the YouTube channel and stuff that see me tell the story on there, but. This was a story told by Coco Beware. And he, he and Sheik were working a match, and Sheik grabs him and puts him in a headlock, and he's like, "Yes, Coco, I say, I say, work the gimmick, work the gimmick." Uh, and he gives it like a real tight headlock, and Coco's like, "Okay, Sheik, sure." And he starts doing the Birdman, waving his arms around, and and uh, you know, and Sheik gets so mad, he's like, "No, no, I said, I said, work the gimmick." Uh, and Coco's like, okay, okay. So he does the Birdman wave again, you know. 
He's like, I'm doing it. He does the Birdman wave, and she gets mad again. No, no, no. No, we're to giving USA. USA. You know, trying to get Coco to rile the crowd. And Coco's like, Sheik, I can't work that gimmick. And he's like, why, why not? Because we're in fucking Canada. <laughs> I love that story. This is one oh, of my favorite great. stories. Like, that was... And there's other stories that are a little too much I'm not going to talk about. Because <laughs> he was that kind of crazy. But everybody... Everybody knew, like he was—he wasn't being mean. He was just being chic. Um, but I won't get into those stories. I think I told you that story while you were here. Oh yeah, the <laughs> airport story. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, I any... think one of my favorite Canada things was—it was—it was the Un-Americans test and Lance Storm versus I want—I want to say Rey Mysterio and someone else. But the crowd starts chanting USA. The only problem is there's not a single American in the ring. <laughs> yeah, that was probably piped in, piped in chants, you know, like <laughs> WWE does, and they just forgot. You know, they're probably just like, I don't know, maybe, or maybe the Canadians in the crowd were just like very happy to support the USA at that point. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. But, but yeah, you yeah. could even see the wrestlers in the ring like, huh? Uh, Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, she you will be mi- missed um and never forgotten. No, there's no way you can forget him. <laughs> and he's nice like a lot of other indie guys that I came up with, you know, in my short stint in the in the business all have the same story I have. Just Sheik was just a nice guy, you know, extremely helpful, extremely polite, extremely nice. No one, uh, no one's uh, to me have ever said. Maybe Hulk Hogan would say it, but um, no one's ever had a bad thing to say about Sheik. To me, I've never heard a bad story about Sheik, like where he's being malicious. You know, the only time he's malicious was when he's working the gimmick. So, oh yeah, when he was on the Howard Stern show, he could go off. Yeah. So I am excited though. I want to hear the Hulk Hogan retelling of history. Like, I love the fantasy that Hulk Hogan has built for himself. Someone should just take all of them and then make, like, an animated, like, short where it's just pictures. You know, like, WWE story time? Yes. They should just do that with Hulk Hogan's just bizarre-ass stories. Like when he saved a kid from cancer, but he was in the wrong building. Right? (laughs) He had also ripped every muscle in his back lifting Andre, who didn't want to be lifted, according to Hogan. It's like... I'm pretty sure if Andre doesn't want you to lift him, he's not going up. Yeah, Andre's not going to let you pick him up. Uh, so I got to see a ridiculous video where uh, Top top Dollar, you know, everything Top Dollar yep. does is ridiculous. And that's the thing that sucks is, like, I've seen him on the Hidden Treasure show and all that. like, And he seems like he's just this super nice guy. You know what I mean? He seems like he's just a very polite young young guy trying to make his way in the business. And he gets shit on so much by everybody and it's and you know and i i'm just i feel so bad for that kid but anyway i saw the video of him and now i'm gonna trash him because you know that's what i do but he was trying to do the whole thing like Sheik does with the yeah with, with the weird i don't know what the hell those things called the persian clubs persian clubs and he's trying to do that and he's like <laughs> <laughs> he could be couldn't even get like one smooth motion out of it but the story, the stories that you know that have been told and stuff on the AE documentary and other things too have talked about how nobody could do that. 
Like everybody oh, no. tried to do that and nobody could. There's a whole it's not just a strength thing. There's so much technique behind how you do it. Yeah, and it takes like, years of practice. Like I've seen them take legitimate strong men, like people competing in the world's strongest man. And sure, they can get them up, but they can't get the momentum right. Right. I wonder if Mark Henry ever tried. Oh, I'm sure just for That's, fun. It seems he like he'd to. be the type of guy that would like be able to do it. Like, like Mizark was awesome. <laughs> Isn't that what they used to call him in, when he was in the nation? Yeah. Mizark. I, I did I, love, there's an episode, like, it, it's one of those everyone's in the car together, but it's Mark Henry and Chris Jericho. And Chris looks at Mark and goes, hey, can you still crush an apple with your bare hands? And Mark's like, yeah, I can still do that. <laughs> so Chris hands him an apple and he crushes it. And then he realizes like, well, shit, I just got apple juice all over me and I'm stuck in the car. <laughs> nice. So what was your favorite Sheik match? Oh, God. For comedy purposes, WrestleMania 17. Just the gimmick battle royal where they yeah. say, oh, we let Sheik win because he couldn't possibly get out. <laughs> they couldn't throw him over the top there for he was going to break. Other than that, though, I did love Sheik versus Bob Backlund when Sheik actually won the championship. That is like, a good sure, match. he only had the championship for a month, but that was so much fun. No one thought he could win. You can tell by the whole crowd. Everyone hated him. There was a bloodlust. For Bob Backlund, who was not the <laughs> most popular guy anyway, mm. but this there was a bloodlust for Bob Backlund to defeat the evil Iron Sheik, mm. and it didn't happen. <laughs> and when they threw the towel in, oh my! Madison Square Garden went silent for like an eighth of a second, then just vitriol showered the ring. Yeah, like uh, Arnold Scullin, yes, yeah, was his manager. And threw in the towel. I remember they made a big deal out of that because of uh, when they did Bob Backlund uh, versus Bret Hart in, this, in that submission match at Survivor Series. They made a big deal about talking about Arnold Scotland threw in the towel and and then Owen Hart grabbed the towel from Helen and threw it in. And Yeah, so that was really silly. And then Diesel beat him the next night in eight seconds. Yeah. We'll talk about like... Worst- Talk about a fucking thing to Brett. Like, that's just giving the middle finger to Bret Hart. Uh. You know, the part that bugs me most about Bret Hart beating Bob Backlund the way he did was the way he celebrated. He didn't celebrate looking cool just standing up one arm in the air as Diesel should. He celebrates <laughs> by running around the ring doing the whole, yeah, I did it. Yeah. It's like, it was eight seconds, dude. Yeah, you and that like a killer, and that wasn't even a televised match. That was a weird no. thing. It was a title change on a house show, so which is really strange. You know what my favorite chic match is? I think it's probably my favorite chic match because it was the first one I ever watched. Go ahead. Was Sheik and Nikolai Volkov versus the U.S. Express for the tag team titles? That I think WrestleMania two. Yes, and that's when she. I think Sheik and Volkov won. The titles at that too. I don't think the US Express won that. Oh no, wasn't it the first WrestleMania? Was it? I don't know. Now I need to look at. I thought it was two. No, it, you're right. It was the first one because the second one he they fought Corporal Kirshner. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm fucking old and can't remember my shit anymore. Apparently, I used to know You're that good. shit. There's... I would have been so mad at myself, like as a young, young, like even a twenty year old. I'm like, how the fuck could I ever mess that up? But now I'm just like, it's because my brain's fucking made out of marshmallow cream. So, oh, I'm the first one to say once we get past WrestleMania 21, I no longer have a memory of what happened at which one. They become so interchangeable. I'm trying to think. Like I can remember up to i can remember some matches and stuff but i think like if i can go through the whole card wrestlemania 3 is really hard because there were so many matches and then there were so many matches in that tournament on wrestlemania 4 i can remember most of them once i get going but i mean that was like the first like four hour fucking it took two vhs tapes to fucking rent that shit back in the day um but like i can remember most of the matches go through the whole card i think up until after like wrestlemania 9 i think is my cutoff because after that it's just there's so much going on and i can remember the majority of the matches but i can't remember like all of the matches which is kind of cool because now i can go back and watch them and be like oh yeah that's that's right i forgot about this shit you know and um because i mean hell WrestleMania 3. I mean, everyone remembers the main matches from WrestleMania 3. But do you remember they had the Can-Am connection? Yes. Remember those guys? Like, I can remember that, though. Like, Rick Martell and and the Z-Man, Tom Zink. Remember fucking (laughs) Tom Zink from WCW? Do you remember that guy? He used to team up with Brian Pillman all the time. Like, Yep. Yeah, like, oh. But yeah, that was the Can-Am connection. I don't even, but I don't remember who the fuck they wrestled. I think it was, maybe it was the Rougeos. It might have been the Rougeos. I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember that because I'm like, oh, look, it's the precursor to Strike Force and whatever the team was called with Brian Pillman and Tom Zink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, like I said, WrestleMania. Was Rick Martell even the model at that point? No, he was. He was just Rick Martell. <laughs> from French Canada and then he became the model after WrestleMania 5 when he turned on Tito Santana in the Strike Force versus the Brainbusters match. I like to picture he was watching some Looney Tunes cartoon and saw the Acme bug sprayer and just went, <laughs> "Got it." <laughs> Probably what he did. Well, no, the see that's a stolen gimmick though. Because adorable oh, Adrian Adonis used to do that too. Okay. Yeah, he used to have that the spray thing in the ring and stuff. He, he even had it at WrestleMania 3 when he fought Piper. He even had that stupid shit. So um, apparently, Road Warrior Animals... Not apparently, I watched it recently. Road Warrior Animals says on the Road Warriors DVD, the Legion of Doom thing, that all came from a Super Friends cartoon. Yeah. And he does a little, meanwhile, back at the Legion of Doom. And I just love to picture Animal in a hotel room, just chilling out watching Super Friends. <laughs> uh, we were one step close from being called Marvin and Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> right. With our, with Not our, Justice with our, League. Yeah. The stupid. Like, what was the, who had the, was it the Wonder Twins that had the monkey? Yes. Gleek the monkey. And the big joke was always, not Jan. Who was who was the brother? Zan. Yeah. And Jan. Zan would just turn into some form of water. Yeah, like yeah, she would she would turn into like some super ultra like like 
Purple she rabbit tiger. Hawk. <laughs> yeah, purple rabbit tiger complete with feral eagle claws. And he'd be like, I'm the end of Bucket a hose. Of ice. Yeah. I'm the water out of a hose. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin and Wendy had the dog, the wonder dog. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God there damn. was even a commercial on Cartoon Network where Zan brings that up. Like, Jan <laughs> turns into a tiger. Why not? And Zan's like, wait a minute, how come I'm always a puddle? This is bullshit. He doesn't say this is bullshit in the cartoon. I cannot stress that enough. Yeah. But he's like, what kind of superpowers do I really have? <laughs> and Chan's like, I don't know, but this is not the time or place to get into this. <laughs> they had a, some really funny little spoofs on Cartoon Network like that. They had um the one with the Legion of Doom. They were like, Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom, and they would show up, and like all the supervillains were there, and like Lex Luthor's up there, and he's like, "What are we gonna do?" Blah blah blah, and like, and he's like, "We're gonna do this," and and Brainiac, because the Brainiac and that had no pants. Yes, and he's like, "All I want is a decent pair of pants," and like Salman Grundy's like, "Salman Grundy will pants too." <laughs> <laughs> Look that shit up. It's really funny. They did a whole spoof of like also like the Blair Witch Project with the Scooby-Doo gang. Oh, they did. That was fun. Yeah, it was real. And like, it was like, it was Velma like up close in the camera and like snot stripped on all over the place. It was really funny. Oh, I think my favorite Blair Witch ripoff was on South Park. Randy's like filming everybody. <laughs> and just to highlight the absurdity, <laughs> everyone's talking normal except Randy who runs up and puts the camera right in everyone's face. Oh, you're talking about, <laughs> you're talking about the Cloverfield episode. Yes. With the guinea, with the giant guinea pigs. Yep, that one. Yeah, pandemic. It was called <laughs> pandemic because of the pan flutes. God, now I can remember all the South Park episodes like pretty easily. But yeah, that's funny. Oh, because they're all good. Like even the bad ones, still pretty good. Oh yeah. Like there are some shows where you just go, I don't know what happened, but you missed. You didn't miss the mark. You missed the target. <laughs> and then there's some where it's like. All right, it wasn't a bullseye, but it's still in the red. I count it. Yes. Um, so before we get into all the the weekly shows, let's let's break down Collision again and let's talk about why. Like we're gonna get into this, and I'm gonna be a little bitchy, and I apologize. You know what? Fuck that. I apologize for nothing. It's not my fault. It's stupid. <laughs> I, like I hope I hope it's good. Like I'm not the one that sucks. I'm, I shouldn't apologize. So, but here's the thing, and 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 let me stress this too, because I don't want any AEW people getting pissy with me, because I do like AEW. But I'm a firm believer, and we've had this conversation several times, probably on the show. But since it's getting ready to come out, I want to reiterate: having a show solely for the purpose of CM Punk having a group of people on a show that will actually work with him is fucking stupid. I talked to my wife who absolutely despises and loathes wrestling, which you can attest to. Oh, yeah. And I, and I told her about this, and she's like, that doesn't even seem fucking worth it. Like, why, why even fuck with somebody who's just a, a goddamn problem? Like, and I'm like, exactly what I'm saying, and everyone else is, not everyone else, because most people are just happy he's coming back, but I'm a dick, and apparently, and I just have a bad attitude. But I just, I think that, I, like I said, I hope CM Punk comes back, and I hope it's great. And I can't, I can't stress that enough. 
I hope he comes back and I hope everything's awesome and I hope he and the Bucks and Omega can sort shit shit out and put on some good matches even together. That's not going to happen because they created a fucking show so that he... They, and that's the other thing. They, they called the show Collision, right? <laughs> so if they wanted to call that show and have a little bit of truth in advertising, they should have called Collision and put fucking Punk and the Bucks on the same roster there. Then there would have been an just actual it, collision. They should have just called it Penile Colony. <laughs> like, they've literally created their own penile colony of just, okay, these are the people my executives don't get along with, so we're going to put them over here. Which, like, even if they were going to make collision anyway, fine, but what it turned into became a laughing stock. Yes. And... We were talking earlier, you were doing that research. Um, we were talking about it last night, and you were doing the research about people saying, well, they haven't sold the tickets to the collision in Canada. Like, what's going on? And and what did you, you did that research. I'll let you follow up with this. Yeah, sure. So it turns out Canada is on fire. <laughs> and I'm sure people have more pressing matters than to go see the CM Punk show, which I... <laughs> I would even buy a ticket to the CM Punk show, but if the surrounding neighborhood was on fire, I might not be as invested. <laughs> you know, like I'm in Maryland and even our air quality was brought down to the point they said, don't go outside unless you have to. Spoiler, everyone went outside and didn't have to. Yeah. But I can't imagine if you're actually in Ontario, like we've all seen the picture, I'm sure, of that bridge in New York. Where it's like it, where it looks it, like night of the comet exactly Oof. like it looks like blade runner outside yeah, i was talking to one of my friends um earlier today who's out there and she's like i have to spend a lot of time in new york and i'm like jesus christ have fun in night of the comet land like <laughs> <laughs> i like i had a couple friends out there i'm like you know if you guys need to come out here it's not so bad out here. Like there's still like fresh air and you can still see the fucking sun and, and the clouds and blue sky. So if you want to come out here, come out here, you know, just let me know and we'll figure something out. But um, yeah, Jesus Christ. That's, that's, that's so fucked dude. And that's all because of the Canadian fires. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. What I'm given to understand. That's all because like it hasn't rained in like three weeks. You know what it might be? So I was reading that in Egypt, they found a tomb that hasn't been touched for over 20,000 years or however long it hasn't been touched. And all I could think the whole time was, could you leave it alone for now? Like, just for now. You got to do that, but do it in the voice of Archie Bunker. <laughs> hey, hey, Edith, Edith, you should stop doing that. Dad. Don't, don't, uh, yeah. Don't, don't touch the sarcophagus. Like, but must you, must you now, today even? <laughs> Holy crapicus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I miss Carol O'Connor. That dude was hilarious. <laughs> Except for in the heat of the night when you're like, first watching, you're like, oh, that's the guy from All in the Family. This show's going to be a hoot. And then you watch in the heat of the night and you're like, oh, I feel really bad about life now. Like. Right, awful like the movie too like the movie is so crazy he wasn't in the movie I don't think but in the TV TV show adaptation of In the Heat of the Night he was in that he was like still, the movie. still the Honeymooners another show that couldn't be made today uh, 
they'd have to change some things, but they could do it. You know, they'd have to change like Ralph Cramden's full fucking character. Right. They would have to make it so that Alice was the one that was like, yeah, yada, and then it'll be fine. Because no one cares if, about spousal abuse if it's the woman punching the guy. No one gives a shit about that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so, I don't know about you, but I do. So, I met this guy, and he was <laughs> dating an MMA fighter. And the problem is, she had... I don't know if you know who Rich Franklin is. No. So, not. he's one of the pioneers of MMA on television, like, I think one of the first main events was Rich Franklin versus Ken Shamrock. But okay. he always had a black eye. It was, he looked like a dog that had a brown spot because it never went away and it was always in the same place. To the point, I theorized he's having someone punch him in the face when he walks in the gym, just as motivation, he gets to see a bruise. But that's what this poor girl had was she always had a black eye. So they said they could never go out anywhere because every single time they would just get dirty looks. And the whole time <laughs> they would think he's he was going, abusing her. <laughs> right. And the whole time he's sitting there going, she she's the one who can kick my ass. I'm a computer programmer. She's an MMA fighter. Oh, God bless female MMA fighters. Right. They're so great. And they tend to be more vicious than a lot of the dudes. I'm just throwing that out there. They have to, you know, they have to, because for the longest time, everyone saw like women full contact, like fights. And they were just like, <laughs> you know, and people really didn't start recognizing it until Ronda Rousey, because she got, you know, she was in movie deals and things like that. And they mm -hmm. recognized her. And then once they connected her with MMA, then it became very, I mean, you can't like not give Ronda Rousey credit for that because she was pretty much not saying there wasn't any before her because there was, but she's the one who legitimized it in, in public, in the public eye. Oh you know, yeah. I would just, say yeah. it started Gina Carano, then Misha Tate, then Ronda Rousey is where it blew up. Yeah. Like sure. The hardcore fans, New Gina Carano and Cyborg and Misha Tate and Julie Kenzie. But then when Rhonda got on television, it, it blew up to a world I never thought it would. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just it's just huge now. And it's continuing to be huge. You know what though? I don't hear like you used to hear a lot about MMA. It used to be like you'd always hear about like the big fights. I remember when it first started, it was like really like when they mentioned Dan the Beast Severn and that a pro wrestler is doing this full contact, like I was like, really? Well, this is going to allow me to go to school and tell everyone <laughs> to go fuck themselves. The wrestlers aren't fucking, you know, wussies. Because right. at my school, everyone was like, wrestling's stupid. And it's fake. I'm like, okay, well, here's this guy named Dan Severn and watch this video. <laughs> watch him <laughs> knee this Russian guy in the fucking head like 35 times. Um, the Olag Taktarov, you know, like, yes, and watch this, and uh, yeah, so that's but and but now, like MMA, like Conor McGregor kind of legitimized it again for a while, but now I don't know, like Quentin Rampage Jackson, you know, I knew Rampage Jackson, and you knew Chuck Liddell, and you knew, you know, uh, uh Randy, Randy Couture, Couture, and you know, um, uh, Boss uh, Rutan, yes. 
and all those guys, and you knew the, the Gracies, you know, Ken Shamrock, you knew all these guys, but now, like, Conor McGregor was, like, there, and Brock Lesnar was there, and Brock Lesnar kind of revitalized it because everyone knew him from wrestling. And then CM Punk got in there, going back to CM Punk, CM Punk got in there and just got his ass handed to him, like, every time. Twice. Yeah. CM, CM Punk has the distinction of his opponent is the only person to win the fight. And not only did Dana White not sign him to a contract, he yeah. said he would never fight here again because he was so disgusted at how long it took him to beat CM Punk. Wow. And that's just, that's pretty fucked up too because, you know, it's okay. So, you know, what's really fucked up is when, because Phil has always been a, kind of a, kind of a, you know, like opinionated lad. A, yeah. That's the best way to say it. He's, <laughs> Very opinionated and very uh, abrasive. Yeah. And when he went into MMA, I was hoping, I was like, oh, God, please let someone whoop his ass. He <laughs> he needs his ass kicked because I don't want him. You know, it's like I didn't wish him harm, but I was at the same time like maybe the maybe someone will fucking humble him like the Sheik. You know what I mean? Like from that <laughs> all coming back to the Sheik. But. Uh, so that's how I connected the first conversation with the collision conversation. Well done. <laughs> that, that was totally on purpose, too. It wasn't just my fucking scattered brain doing things. Um, so anyway, yeah, back to collision. Uh, I don't. I hope it does well. I hope they get amazing numbers. It's nothing. It's good for the industry. It's good for fans. And, and that's why I never want AEW to do bad. Because it can do nothing but elevate the sport of wrestling and the entertainment side of wrestling. It can, like, success on all ends from every promotion can do nothing but be good for all of us. You know, and I can prefer things to other things, but I, I know a lot of the guys that are in AEW now. Like, not know them, but I've been around them. You know, like Ruby Soho and stuff. Who's She's, she's a super nice lady, by the way. Um and uh, Mox and a few other people around there. And some of my friends, my close friends that were in the industry too, working with a lot of those guys like Claudio and stuff. Um, and so I'm very happy to watch AEW because like, I feel more connected to it, if that makes sense. It does. Like I feel more, I have a personal connection to it as opposed to like WWE and, and WWE also is the same way. There are people in WWE, not so much anymore, but Tyler, when when Colby, you know, was Tyler Black and stuff on the Indies, like I remember him being at shows I was on and stuff, like, and he was always a really nice guy. So whenever I see Seth Fr Franklin, whatever Liberace Rollins, I'm always happy to I'm always happy to see him because it's like okay, I remember this guy from when I was in and doing stuff. Not that I did that much, but just it was it's nice to see. So I like watching him, and uh, and then when Mox was there too, and then some of the MMA guys, you know, or not MMA, the, what did I say fucking MMA? NXT guys in, back in the day, back when it was at its, its peak, you when know? it was the super indie. Yeah, it was great. Like a lot of those, especially when they did all the, the tournaments and, and stuff where they would bring randos in and stuff. Like like the um, uh, the, the Cruiserweight Classic. Oh, there was classic. the May Young Classic. There was the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah, like uh, uh, I would even count the Dusty Cup for a while. Yeah, it's like um, Lince Dorado. You know, he grew up 
he grew up in uh, Philly, like or around Philly area. I think New Jersey-ish, Philly, around there. And my my buddy Ophidian was like went came up in the industry with him, you know. I and so and I always asked Ophidian, I was like, is it true what everyone says? Where he's like, you know, because everyone bitches about Lindsay a lot about him on social media, and, but he's like, he's like, no, it's that he's he's not trying to be malicious or mean. He's just he's just his Lindsay. It's just it. He's very like up to the point, like you know, and people don't like people like that sometimes. Right. You don't, you don't like it. But anyway, back to the whole thing is like I like AEW and I hope it does well. Hope Collision does amazing. I hope CM Punk thrives. You know, it can it can like I said, it can do nothing but elevate the business for fans. You know? So I don't ever want anyone to fail, even if I'm bitching about ridiculousness, which I'm sure we're gonna do here here very <laughs> shortly. I, I do want to iterate that because I do come off sounding like a negative Nancy on here, but I don't mean it that way. I'm just, I'm using my background in, in, in media criticism to try to relate that to, to the sport of wrestling, to try to make sense of it. Like, and then, and then, and I'm ruined because I have, I have the background in media criticism and I have a background in narrative storytelling and shit like that. So when stuff is not stirring the Kool-Aid, it just makes me angry because it's like, that would have got me an F, you know, it's like, I busted my ass not to do that. So, but anyway, on no, to the biggest concern. The bitching. <laughs> no, my biggest concern for collision isn't even the roster. It's Saturday at night. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like on TNT, it's going to be preempted a lot. It's going to be moved a lot. It's yeah. going to suffer from the rampage problem where I don't even know how many times rampage has been moved. Mostly because I don't keep up with Rampage anymore because, oh my god, there's so much. <laughs> and that's that's the other problem about Collision. And I think we were talking about this last night. I know my wife and I were talking about it. There's so much wrestling now. Like, as a teenager, I would have been ecstatic. But right. as an adult with things to do, like... Like a job and bills to pay. <laughs> yeah, like... W- if they would put it on a streaming service, you know, like pull your episodes like right off the bat and then put them on like within AEW's, you know, and their thing, put it on fucking Max so I can watch it. Then I will watch it. You know what I mean? But I don't have the time to watch Rampage and and Dynamite and Collision and I mean occasionally I'll be able to pick pick up on one because not only do you now you have and then the ring of honor show and then AEW dark that's five fucking shows on under the AEW banner already oh if we look at just what we're about to review smackdown dynamite and raw that's seven hours of stuff and and there's a point where the market can get oversaturated to where you see it so often you're just like oh fucking wrestling again and I hate that feeling because I I used to be such a huge fan of wrestling. And uh, I'm still a fan of wrestling, but not nearly. It's just because it's just been crammed down my throat and fucking internet fans are goddamn terrible. Like, not all of them, but a vast majority. Like, you get the WWE fans, like the hardcore ones that are bitching at the AEW fans. And you get the AEW fans who are just as fucking toxic. You know, they're like... The toxicity of wrestling social media is the worst thing I've ever seen. Aside from oh, yeah. this guy I talked to from that fucking face-off show that used to be on. That guy's kind of a dick. <laughs> um, but no, that's like the most toxicity I've ever seen in social media is wrestling. And and 
And I love the sign that was at AEW where the guys was just like, you know, it was the, the... one that said Don Callis swallows hot dogs without <laughs> chewing. <laughs> no, that was good too. No, the one where he's just like, just enjoy wrestling. Right. And, and I, I, and I wish people would do that because then it doesn't ruin it for me too, because even if, even though I'm not looking for this, these comments on fucking social media, I don't even follow half of these fucking dirt sheet, like fucking Twitter accounts, but they'll pop up in my feed for some fucking reason, you know? And I don't get it. I, I, ugh, but it just pisses me off because then you, you go to comment on something, you know, you, and I've done this so many times. I've done this probably in the last two days. There's a byline and I go on there to comment like my opinion and then I have to stop. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking do this. Like, this is like a fucking dumpster fire ready to fucking happen. And I'm not going to get involved. So I would have to delete my comments, even though it was a legitimate comment. It's not a troll. But because Internet fans are so shitty. Like, you, I can't even voice my opinion on wrestling anymore. I love doing the show because I can. And the people that like my opinion will, will listen to the show, you know, and that's fine. And they don't have to agree with me. And I hope that I hope that. I hope that the whole point of this rant is that I hope that people understand that when we do this show, it's not malicious. It's, it's, it's supposed to be dissecting the product and trying to see what works and what doesn't work without attempting to be a, a dick about it. You know, like, cause I, I, yeah, it's one thing to critique. It's one thing to discuss. It's a whole nother when it's, you didn't like this? Go to hell. And that's what I'm saying about CM Punk. I'm not a huge fan of Phil's just because Phil is abrasive and I'm just not it's I'm just not a fan of abrasive people. You know, like I just don't have the time or the energy to deal with it. It's like it's what was it you were saying. Best, it's probably also the best example of somehow the Bucks camp and the Punk camp Oh my God, Th- those two are more loyal than some soldiers for countries. Yeah. Oh, the social media fans. Yes. Oh yeah, dude. Like you can't even have a conversation about the Omega and the Bucks and and try to actually find common ground with fans of CM Punk. Like there's no way to do it. And those people shouldn't be allowed to have a fucking keyboard. Right. You know, like uh, my one of my friends is very very libertarian. And I don't side with politics. I side with logic and reason, which means politics don't make any sense to me. Um, and But I always say that one thing I think that they should do is I feel, and a lot of people will probably be pissed off at me for this, but I feel like the FCC should be regulating social media. I spent like seven years, well, longer than that, nine years in radio. And I dealt with the FCC a lot. Um, and I really feel as if the FCC should be you know in charge of social media and and it sounds real gestapo because that's what kind of what china does like they don't they have their own thing and they don't want to use anything else but god social media is so dangerous and not just and not and and not just for like the major things like you know wars and religion and politics but just for like simple things look at what they did to that poor girl from the obi-wan show Right. Oh my it, God. You know what I mean? Like I, these people with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> that's what Spider-Man, that's what Uncle it Ben does. always said. 
these motherfuckers, like 90, you know, and I'm being generous, 90% of people on social media do not deserve to have the have the privilege and responsibility of posting on social media because, and a lot of the time, especially when it comes to more important things, I know I'm going on a fucking rant. It's, it's probably a mixture of the energy drink and the alcohol, <laughs> but, but these people, like, it's dangerous. Like the, the, especially, like I said, with the major things like politics, religion, because some asshole will say something that is completely untrue. I mean, I mean, and not just from people, but from public figures too, that people will buy into it. And then shit gets, that's why we had so much dissension, you know, with, you know, there's so much dissension now between like politics than there ever has been. And it, and it's all because of social media. Or even the whole doxing thing. Like if you're not smart enough to realize you shouldn't give out someone's home address. Yeah. Like, what, what are we doing? Yeah, that's fucked. You know, like, like even if you disagree with this person, to say go to their home and do anything, what what are you what are you thinking? Yeah, it's bullshit. the The only time I agreed with that was when they released the addresses to the people from the West, from the West uh, Baptist, whatever they were. Oh, yep. Because those people were were. Those people were interesting. I'm not going to say anything negative or positive, and you want to know why? Because every one of those motherfuckers are lawyers <laughs> that are all waiting for a libel suit. So I'm not going to say anything about any of the positive or negative. I'm just going to say that whatever, bro. Let's <laughs> <laughs> leave it at that. Um, but anywho, back to wrestling. You want to get into SmackDown? <laughs> yeah, let's get into SmackDown before I go on another rant about weird shit. So this was the thousand and some odd change day celebration for Roman Reigns because they said it was the thousand day celebration, but it was more like a thousand and four. But semantics. The, was it? It must have been Dean Malenko Day, <laughs> <laughs> or Chris Jericho Day, the man of a thousand and four holds. <laughs> My holds. So yeah, did you see the video they made for Roman, where uh-huh. they? They were going through, like, they showed all the past champions that he was surpassing. Like, I was shocked. They showed CM Punk. They showed, like, Pedro Morales. They showed, well, I wasn't shocked they showed Pedro. I was more looking at it going, I had to put a name under him so everyone knew who he was, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. You have kids in the arena. And they're like, who's this guy? He looks old. Right. That guy. Like, why are these guys not in color? Yeah. You know, I was that, so stupid as a kid, I thought the past was in black and white. Really? You didn't no, watch Wizard of Oz as a kid? <laughs> not into my later years, but like, I thought, oh, the 1940s, everything that happened was in black and white. Everything was Pleasantville. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then someone had an orgasm, and then everything turned to color. <laughs> Oh. Oh, so yeah, we started off with Austin Theory doing an in-ring promo that was, in my opinion, just, I'm bored. Like, he's been booked boringly. Yeah, I've stopped caring about him way before. I stopped caring about him even before he, I stopped caring about him when he was with fucking, um, uh, 
Johnny Gargano, Johnny Gargano, way. and all that. Yeah, I, I didn't care then. I didn't care when they brought him into when he was with uh, what was the was he with uh, not Humberto but the other guy for a while. I his, his d- partner. You know what? I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't same, recall well, him I mean, in a tag team. <laughs> um, but, but like, yeah. yeah, like Austin Theory in the ring, I'll watch because he's good, but. If I see him with a microphone, that's my sandwich time. Like, that's <laughs> when I'm going to go put ham and cheese on mustard and. Yeah. And I hate that I feel that way because I keep hearing how great he is and the whole time going, well, you're not booking him that way. Sorry. I've seen his matches when he was in Evolve and shit, and I just never, it wasn't anything special. Like, I was just like, okay, whatever. Like, he's just another wrestler. He doesn't stand out to me at all. He doesn't have that star power to where like, I'm like, Oh man, this guy is going to like some people who got a giant boner for him or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't like WWE apparently does. And I'm just like, I, I don't get it. He's a solid worker, but he's enhanced. Like he's more like, he's more like Joe Hennig. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. In that. And what was his name? Curtis Axel. He's more in yes. that realm to me, even though Curtis Axel's better worker, in my opinion. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not uh, a, so not a yeah, big uh, Austin Theory guy. Austin teamed with Pretty Deadly against the Brawling Brutes. And I, I did love this. So we got a triple white noise at one point by the Brawling Brutes. Damn. Uh, let's see. Shame and Butch went off the top rope to the floor onto the uh, Pretty Deadly in Austin. Nice. And then they do the... Um, I can never remember what's the move called where they hit hit the guy in the chest ten times. Uh, we'll just call and it hitting hitting the guy in the chest ten times. It's like bangs of the Bowery or something like that. I don't know. No clue. I don't know. I'm gonna go with the ten bangs of the bro. <laughs> okay. And and that yeah, sounds so... like porno. <laughs> so it here's the end. This is so, it's creative. I'll give them points for that, but it's so stupid. So pretty deadly blonde is down, right? Okay. Well, pretty pretty, pretty deadly dead, brunette. Pretty deadly blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. He pulls him out, and so pretty deadly. I think brunette is no brunette is the one who's out of the ring. Blonde is in the ring. <laughs> pretty deadly blonde uses the ring apron to cover his face but he's in the ring so they pull the apron over the ring into the ring to go over his face and as ridge holland is pulling on him other pretty deadly guy attacks him they hit their double team then tag austin theory in and all austin theory does is pin ridge holland doesn't hit another (laughs) move nothing just a complete waste of a tag but i guess they wanted to give theory the win uh, whatever. And again, points for creativity, but I just watched it going, this is dumb. Yeah, I'd say about 90% of the shit that they do is dumb. Like, pretty deadly. Like, why are they even... There's so many other people that could get fucking better wrestlers that could have airtime. I don't even get why they're teamed. Like, I get why pretty deadly is teamed. They make a fine tag team. I don't get why they're friends with Austin. I I don't know. Like, sure, they're both heels, but 
I don't know. That doesn't seem to make you a pairing in my book. The first thing that pops into my head is that they're going to be like together, like friends until the Royal Rumble. And then it's going to be the three of them in the Rumble tossing everybody out. Okay. I hate that shit. No, it's predictable and it's done every year. Yep. I hate that shit. It's stupid. Uh, So let's see. We had Paul Heyman backstage and he takes a long time to just tell Solo he wants to make sure the Usos aren't there at SmackDown. Yeah, I did see Which that. I'm, I'm just telling you this. If you hear Adam Pierce tell you something as a guarantee, like someone's not at the building or he's got extra security, that man <laughs> is lying to you straight through <laughs> his teeth. That man has never once kept anyone out of the building. No, that's funny. <laughs> uh, next up we had, oh, they remembered that the OC are under contract. Oh, yeah, they did. They gave him a match. Against Flop Dollar and Shanti the Adonis. Yeah, which no one cares about anymore. Those guys are definitely going to be on the next wave of releases, I have a feeling. If if main event and superstars are still a thing, that's where you'll find them. Are are those shows still even around? I every now and then see them pop up somewhere, but I've never seen a clip of it. Like No one on Twitter has ever said, you've got to see this superstars match. It used to be where you'd see some really cool work on there. Right, because that was the spot where, okay, the big man's not watching. We can go out and actually do our thing. Yeah, which is like where you'd see a lot of Drew Gulak shit. You know what I mean? Right. Because Drew Gulak's such a good fucking worker. He's such a good worker. That dude should be where Austin Theory is. Because Drew Gulak is a better fucking worker than Austin Theorem is. I'd even say he's more entertaining. Like, mm-hmm. I know Gulak is kind of dry, but Theory's not making me laugh or making me mad. Yeah, no, it's just meh, whatever. Put Drew Gulak in there. Like, I'm going to have a sign that says, give Drew Gulak a chance, and then I'm going to have security take it from me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love that they take signs from fans now. Like, okay, the fans are telling you what they want, and I'm going to blow your mind. They'll pay for what they want. Yeah. And they won't, yeah. Like, I remember back in the day, you could put whatever the fuck you wanted on a sign and no one gave a shit. Right, like, imagine if some security guy took the first Austin 316 sign. Right. They're like, well, that's biblical, we gotta get rid of that. Right, and then all of a sudden, oh, you're out, your biggest star. Good job. Yep. And, well, I mean, the, like, the whole fluidity of wrestlers making their own way is gone. Maybe AEW is still letting them do that, but the WWE is not doing that anymore. Everything is so goddamn overly scripted, and they rely on television writers. And because and it's also because they don't train these new guys to fucking, you know, work to fucking do a promo. They right. used like, to. Like we were talking about Tiffany Stratton with that one promo she did, which oh, Jesus, I, I'm sorry, that was. That was art school terrible. <laughs> in, in her defense, she's the one who openly admitted she wasn't ready to go to the main roster. Which but, I love about her because, oh my God, does that show maturity. At the same time, I watch some of her work and go, okay, you taught her how to do, and she's right, it's the prettiest moonsault in wrestling. Yeah. But did you teach, are, are you not teaching how to throw a punch? Are you not teaching how to talk? No, they don't like, give a shit about that anymore. <laughs> 
It's too and bad like, Terry, Terry Funk isn't there to teach everyone how to do a punch. Right. The shit would start looking real because it is. <laughs> Still my favorite line was Mick Foley talking to Terry Funk going, man, you're really hitting me out there. I thought your punches were working. I thought they were great. And he goes, oh, Cactus, you mean all this time you thought I was good? <laughs> There is one part, the match, last man standing, I believe, Terry Funk against Ric Flair. So for those who don't know, Terry Funk was a wild man. And when he was at ringside, he would swing at fans and everything. Not to hit them, but just to scare them. Yeah. He swings at this one dude, but he put too much momentum and he goes (laughs) ass over tea kettle over the barricade. (laughs) (laughs) And the dude sitting there just can't help but laugh at the ridiculousness of all this. Man, that's funny. I was so excited because we were going, you know, we're driving out to Vegas in October for the Jamboree. And uh, the path that we're going to take, we go right through Amarillo, Texas. Oh, nice. I'm like, man, I would love to just drive by the Double Cross Ranch. You know, just to drive by. Just to see it. Just to be like, wow, fucking, that's my Graceland. You know what I'm saying? The Double Cross Ranch. I used to talk to Terry all the time, Terry Funk all the time. Like, I used to, like, when Twitter was new, like, he and I would talk all the time, and then he just stopped using it. And, uh, man, I I wish he was still on there, because I'd be like, Terry, I want to stop by. I want to see some shit. That'd be cool. (laughs) That shit would never happen. Oh, well, okay. So I thought this was weird, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've noticed... People at ringside aren't using the hard camera anymore. Like, so the match was Gallows and Anderson against Flop Dollar and Shanti the Adonis, if I'm even saying that right. (laughs) AJ Styles. So the way the show is filmed, you have the hard camera looking at the ring. And if you're smart and you're the good manager person at ringside, whatever, you want the back and to the left. And that way you get to be on the hard camera and seen on TV the whole time. Yeah. B-Fab stayed all the way on the right-hand side, so you didn't see her much. And Mia Yim stayed all the way on the left side. It's like, okay, guys, you're on TV. Get in front of the camera. Like, even if you're facing the hard camera, but you're at the front, so the camera's looking at your back, turn around and do one of those, yay, look at my guy. And I don't get that because, well, I mean, I under probably get that BFAB doesn't know, but Mia Yim knows better. Right. You know, BFAB probably, they, no one ever taught her because she came up in that time where like nobody taught shit, you know? So I don't know. But that, yeah, yeah that's seen, fucked up. Yeah, I saw Mia Yim, not Mia Yim, I saw BFAB's last match, and boy, do I hope that statement is true. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, no shit. They should like put her back to NXT and let her work Tiff Stratton. Right. And see who can like, like cut the worst promo. Like, you need help. I bet you BFAB's better on promo on the microphone than than Tiff Stratton is. Oh, she has to be. Uh, like, it's a pretty low bar. She has to be. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, I feel so... bad. I feel bad too because I always feel bad for these the young the the newer people in there too, because they just don't uh, they, it's not even their fault. They're just, like I said, they're just not taught anymore. You know, and they expect them to learn and they expect them to follow scripts written by 
television personalities that don't know anything about wrestling. And it's really sad because, like, they need reps. They don't need TV time. They need reps. Like, you need to put them in a high school gym in front of 200 people. Like, I know it's an antiquated idea, but that's how you get good. Yeah, because you those people are like, trust me, I've been in those gymnasiums and like those are those people are hard to please. They will let you know when they don't like something. I mean, I did a I I was taking bumps. I wasn't doing much. I was just getting hit with shit. And there's a video up where this old lady's trying to hit me. Like, like I just, saw that. She's just like trying to hit me, and then she tries to hit the guy that hit me with the hit me with shit. Like right after, she was swinging her swinging her cane at him. Like those I'm were like, hard swings too. Like I know well, she's a yeah. woman, but that's still a cane. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was swinging for the fences for sure. And uh, yeah, like so. Yeah, those. You're right, man. Like the gymnasium shows, 200 people. Like that is where you you uh, you earn your stripes. Right. Like because there's you, a reason comedians don't start it, yeah. headlining the MGM Grand. Right. Like, no, you start at the Chuckle Hut. Yeah. And here's hoping they don't boo you right off the stage. And even if they do, that's like you learn from it. You right. You know what I mean? Like even like so if you that, have a, a, a gymnasium show and there's like fifty people there, those people are rabid. Because you know yeah. those fifty people are there because they want to see some indie wrestling. If you fuck up on the mic or you whatever, or if you're boring or oh dude, they will let you know. Fucking yeah, Ugh. brings back fucking crazy memories. Uh, fun evolve story. One of my friends went to an evolve show and Zach Saber Jr. was on. Oh wow! <laughs> and Ooh. he puts a cravat on somebody, and my friend yells out the wrong move, and Saber <laughs> just looks over and goes. It's a cravat, you twat. <laughs> Amazing. And like, of course he did. Like, well, yeah. I love Zack Saber Jr. shit talking. Like when he was shit talking Brian Danielson, and it was after a match, he's breathing all heavy, but he had the English accent, and I love when they get salty in that accent. <laughs> and he was hitting him with, "Cause let me tell you something, my darling." Yeah. <laughs> hilarious i loved it that's great yeah like that's what affidian he was one of the trainers for chikara and he uh he and claudio and uh and mike quackenbush and a few other people were like the trainers there but like um yeah that's what they he used to do is he would teach promos so i was real i was really happy when uh he was there to see me cut the promos for the new season and he was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he had he had nothing bad to say. I was just like, well, that's good. This guy's been like in the business for like 15 years and he's a trainer cutting promos. He's trained some of the people that have like made their way through. And like oh, I'm yeah. cu- I'm cutting these promos, and he's just like, that was good. I'm like when a promo instructor yes. just looks at you and says, Okay, like that's a compliment. Yeah, right. So I was I was happy. Like and also we did a whole thing for the season where I take a bunch of Ophidian like bumps me a little bit and it's it's really fun. Like it was really cool. And like he I asked him how'd I do because I mean, you know, Fidian's pretty he's good at what he does. You know what I mean? Like and uh and I was like, How'd I do? And he's like, No, you were great. I'm like, still got it. 
awesome. Hundred pounds heavier can still fucking do it. <laughs> so that made me happy. Well, speaking of things that didn't do it, the Grayson Waller effect came on, uh, which God. I get the jokes they were going for. Like the whole thing was just Grayson Waller talking to Baska and Asuka speaking in Japanese, then Grayson responding like he knew what she said. <laughs> But just it became formulaic when EO interrupts with music. And then <laughs> Oh, who came out next? He EO interrupts. Bailey interrupts. Shotzi interrupts. Lacey interrupts. Music for all of them, by the way. Which means they were just standing in gorilla going, Go, 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 go. That's so dumb. Like, um Like it. It logistically doesn't make sense. Fucking letting Io and fucking Asuka cut promos to each other in Japanese is fucking gold. Yes. They should be doing that more often. I don't even care who wins. I want more Io versus Asuka. And Asuka's inflection. Like, both their inflections. Because they're just like... I, I love it when they translate it, too. And you can see, like, the subtitles. Because it's so great. But the inf- the the uh, the inflection the inflection of the of the the of their tone and things like that just make it wonderful. I just watch it and I don't even know what they're saying. I'm cracking up. It's like God, <laughs> you guys should do that. Like not a bunch because then it would get stale. But like do it more often for sure. Because I think it's like the only the second time they've done this. I think yeah, this is only their second interaction I'm aware of. I want to see an miss- Oscar EO fucking program, dude. Do you recall EO's first music when she got to NXT? No. It was like this upbeat techno theme. It was so much fun. They steal it from Yoshi Tatsu. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you know who has a theme that always confuses me? Is Lee that... Moriarty from AEW. Yeah? Like, I don't know what his themes, music is. Every time his theme starts, I just go, here comes a New Japan guy. Definitely Japanese, definitely with a lot of colors in his hair. I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. And like nothing against his music, I like it, but it it's a lot like have you heard the song Mo Money Mo Problems by Biggie Smalls? Yes. So I like that song, but I love the song I'm Coming Out by Whitney Houston. <laughs> so when it starts that part of my brain's like oh yeah i love this song then the rap starts and they're oh i mean this is still good i'm happy to hear it just i thought i was getting went to houston you know i feel that way about uh when when fucking you know the police had every breath you take and then puff daddy fucking sampled it for whatever it was that he was doing and i was always excited it's like man i love the song about the stalker I fucking love every breath you take, you know? And then I hear Puff Daddy. I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's not that I hate Puff Daddy. I just didn't want to hear his version of the song. You know, although so, okay, the one thing, what was it? What, who did the Killing you, killing Me Softly? Who did the original version of that song? Oh, God. I hear it like three times a day at work. <laughs> I don't remember. All I remember is that when the Fugees, like, covered that song, I was so pissed because now the Fugees, Lauren Hill is an amazing singer, you know, she's great. And then she's singing this, like, just like a fucking and 
angelic entity from heaven. Lauren Hill singing this cover. And then all of a sudden, you get Wyclef and the other guy to just show up and go, one time, one time, two times, two times. They're like, you're fucking ruining this angelic fucking version of this song with your stupid shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, just let Lauren Hill sing the song because it's so good. I get that they were trying to change it up, but if you want to rap or do something with it, okay, sure, do that. But that was not anything even remotely good. It was just Wyclef going one time, one time, two times, two times. That's like, you're wasting. You're wasting this opportunity. Okay, I'm done. So the song Every Breath You Take by the police, yep. you know the line, my poor heart aches? Yep. I always thought it was, I'm a pool hall ace. So one day I'm singing it, like just my friends and I are out, that part comes on. I'm a pool hall ace. And my friend looks over and goes, so you think the song is, I love you, I'm watching you, I'm never letting you go. By the way, I'm really good at darts. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. The, um, I yeah. just had to sit there and take it. Like, Yep, all right, let's do it. That's not nearly as bad as mine, dude. So when I was 13 years old, Filter came out on the Short Bus album. They came out with the song, Hey Man, Nice Shot, right? And I knew mm -hmm. that's the name of the song. I knew that's what it was called. But when they were singing it as a 13-year-old and being a fan of cartoons and shit, like I thought they were saying, that's why he says He-Man Nation. <laughs> and I'm like, I know the song's called Hey-Man Nice Shot, but why the fuck do I think it's He-Man Nation? It doesn't even make any <laughs> sense. But in my defense, that was like the start of, like the big start of the alternative rock explosion where people were singing about weird shit all the time. So how was I supposed to know they were not singing about He-Man? Plus, He-Man was awesome. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it had been like 15 years, but or 10 years since it was on, but God damn it. Yeah, that was mine. I, I just thought he was saying He-Man Nation, and I never, my friends never let me live that down. I was, <laughs> to this day, if I bring it up, they're going to fucking make fun of me. Well, things that never let you down, Lacey <laughs> Evans attacked Zelina, so we got Zelina versus Lacey. Which cool. I don't know what Lacey did or to who, but they gave her the entirety of the offense of this match, and then Zelina beats her with the slowest code red I've ever seen. And I mean, like when Commander goes to the top rope to do his top rope run and he pauses for like 30 seconds to get his balance and all that. Yeah. That's what Zelina did. Like she got on Lacey, who's bent over for this, and she like pauses, steadies herself goes back then forward into the flip and you're like what happened and why is that the end yeah because they're not like, they're not booking these these ladies like they should be and like i get the lwo is big which is why i wouldn't even have this match but lacy looks great she gets heat like no one else in the business yeah. Except maybe Dominic and Don <laughs> oh, Callis. God. That, was, that was impressive from that. Yeah. Yes. But Man, Dominic, get Dominic gets nuclear heat. And the worst part is looking over going, does anyone even remember why we're mad at him? Or at this point, are we just mad that he's in storyline with Rhea Ripley? <laughs> People were mad at him for like being shitty to Ray. Right. I mean, that's not even really a thing anymore. 
Exactly. Although he does still bring it up, and we'll talk about that on Raw. Okay. Uh, so, d- backstage, we got the LWO just saying that Zelina and Santos are going to become Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank. But they did this weird thing where you see all of the LWO except Rey Mysterio. <laughs> and <laughs> Zelina and Santos, like, they put their cheek like cheek to cheek to look into the stars and see their future. And Rey Mysterio just appears like from behind Zelina, which means Rey Mysterio was small enough to hide behind Zelina Vega. Wow. That's impressive. Right. She's tiny. Well, Rey is too. Clearly. Oh, let's see. We got Knight versus Montez Ford, which the crowd loved LA Knight. Like, when, when don't loved they? him. He is so fucking over. If they don't fucking do something about that, they're, uh, they're not going to, but they need to. And I mean, I don't know if they're teasing something, but Montez was clearly not happy about it. Like, he was given some looks like he was annoyed with the crowd or something. Maybe they're going to heel turn him. Right? Mm -hmm. Which, hey, I'd be fine with that. Like, a heel Montez Ford, I think that'd be fun. Are are the Street Profits still doing stuff together? Yeah, they've done a lot. They even mentioned it on commentary that they're doing a lot more single stuff, which I don't quite understand. If they wanted to do that, they should have split them up when they did the roster split. Right. Shouldn't their goal be, like, tag team championship stuff yeah because they're a fucking tag team that clearly has a fucking pre-established gimmick but that's another uh, i thought triple h was supposed to be pro tag team i thought he was supposed to be pro tag team and pro women so far he's not doing so great with those and pro good booking you know i mean raw was good i'll give him that just a lot of it just like it's not it's fine filler is what it is it's uh god moving on ah uh, so moving on we had a i love this we had a hellbender style video for isla dawn and alba fire okay. and i mean the movie hellbender the way they shot it a yeah. lot of overheads and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how they filmed this vignette for them. Maybe they're fans. Which would be a great choice. <laughs> like maybe Hellbender well, was a good thing to be a fan of. <laughs> that's true. And also, like maybe maybe they, they probably weren't fans because they're never allowed to do whatever they want to do. But I bet you the filmmakers that were in charge of this segment were. I'm still not 100% sure of what Isla Dawn and Alba Fire are. Like right Game now, they're just re- goth girls. They're just Game of Thrones cosplayers. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, oh, we that, didn't say did LA Knight win that match? So, LA Knight won when Montez rolls up LA Knight like O'Connor roll style. Mm-hmm. But so they're sideways to the ring ropes, and Knight reverses it and grabs the top rope for the win. Hmm. So, like, he cheats to win, and the crowd could not be happier to see it. <laughs> that guy's going to try to heal it out. He's going to be the... He has stone-cold fucking 
like to him. Like he is the anti-hero. And if like, they, they fucking book him right, he may end up like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I even thought his catchphrase, the whole yelling yeah, I mm. thought that was gonna be stupid. And then just boy, I was wrong. Everyone loves it. He's so over, dude. And the, well, I mean the internet is very, very loud about how much they want LA Knight to be everything in, in WWE. Which I don't blame him. He's the right. best he's the best thing they have next to well what they did have with Sammy's momentum. Which is dead now. Yeah, like Kevin and Sammy just kind of exist now. Yep. Still the bloodline is the best story, which brings us perfectly to our next part where Triple H gives Roman a new belt. Same as the old belt, just more obnoxiously shiny. Yeah, like it's like black and gold, basically. Yeah, so instead of the black inlay with the giant W over it, now it's a gold inlay with a giant W over it. Why don't they Which just like, go back to the fucking eagle title? Exactly. This belt looks gaudy. It looks tacky. Like, if I was a belt maker, I wouldn't want my name attached to it. Plus, I don't... I don't understand, because Roman had both of those titles. Right. So now he's like, one of those titles is forever gone, and Roman's the undefeated champion and will never be defeated for it. Well, because they combined they him into up, one thing. Well, what they, what they said they're doing, which is stupid, they're keeping Roman Reigns with the WWF, WWF, WWE lineage. Okay. And now the world championship is the lineage of the new one. Which, like, it's so, like, when Triple H was handed big gold. Yeah. They're basically doing that lineage now. Which, okay, twice now, this belt that Seth Rollins has looks like a belt you would want to fight for, or at least the one in this company you'd want to fight for. And yet it's second place, and everyone acknowledges that it's second place. It's because they, I don't, I don't know. Because it doesn't mean anything, because Roman had the titles. They needed someone to take the title off of him, at least one of them. Right. To legitimize it. Then change it to whatever you want to change it to. But they just basically just, for no reason. Like they do with fucking everything else. Like even this next segment of the Bloodline had nothing to do with the championship at all. It was the Usos come out and do the whole, look, I did what I did for my brother, and I'm going to stand with my brother. Then Solo walks over, and he gives the spike to Jimmy. Yeah. As Roman and Paul are walking up the ramp, Paul says to Roman, what about Jay? And I'll give him this. It's a great line. Roman just says, he'll do what he always does. He'll fall in line. Like, Mm. that has nothing to do with the championship. That theoretically everyone wants. Like, I get they're doing a Fast and Furious family is more important than the championship thing, but (laughs) no, it's wrestling. No, it's not. It's next week's segment. The bloodline is going to be on the back, like barbecuing with Coronas. (laughs) (laughs) I say that because I've been re-watching all those movies. (laughs) All nine in preparation for ten. A ten's now available digital, so I'm really looking forward to watching it. I know those movies five and six were great, and seven and eight and nine. They're yeah, I know exactly what I'm getting into. 
There's going to be a bunch of ridiculous stunts. And Vin Diesel's going to talk about family. and A lot. Like, obnoxiously a lot. And then there's going to be, like, a really weird, like, two-and-a-half-minute segment where you feel bad about Paul Walker. There's going to be hot girls on yachts. And then John Cena. Yeah. And and then apparently in this new one, Jason Momoa also. And and fucking Captain Marvel. Brie like, Larson's in this? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I didn't know that. And Charlize Theron. And Jason, is Jason Statham in this one? I think so. Yeah, Vin okay. Diesel just doesn't let The Rock in any of these anymore, but yeah. he'll still let Jason Statham in. He's Jason also going to go up against the Meg later this year. It's not. You're not high pitch enough. You get. Yes. Hello, everybody. My name's Jason Statham. And that's not even right. He goes even higher than that. Jason Statham. Hey, everybody. My name's Turkish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight a giant shark. <laughs> And, you know, I love they're going full ridiculous with the Meg. They're like, There's going to be dinosaurs in it now. I'm watching the fuck out of that movie. Right. I am such a fucking huge Jason Statham, Mark. I don't give a fuck what he's in. If, if he's in it, I'll watch it because I know it's going to be great. It's the same with, like, those Has Fallen movies. Oh, yeah. Olympus I and I fucking whatnot. love those movies, dude. And I know, if, like, they're like, oh, yeah, Mike Banning. I'm like, I'm watching this shit. <laughs> Gerard Butler's going to be a fucking Mike Banning again? I'm a huge mark for that fucking role. I'm not, <laughs> a, I'm not a ginormous, like, Gerard Butler fan. He's done some things that have been annoying, like Phantom of the Opera. He was Dracula in Dracula 2000. Oh, he was, wasn't he? He sure was, and he was in the 300, which I never liked the 300. I could never get into it. Um... But yeah, I, yeah. Anytime that someone's because they're making a new Mike Banning movie, and I'm very excited about it. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, like because the last one was Angel Has Fallen, and the new one, according to IMDb, is going to be called Night Has Fallen. Is it Night N I G H T or K N N? Okay, just N. So I'm like, ooh, this is going to be good. Mike Banning, <laughs> Mike Banning's going to fight vampires. No. <laughs> I hope not, but yeah, you know that movie's gonna be good. But anyway, yeah, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fucking uh, Jason Statham fan, and anything he does, I'm on board with. I don't care what it is. I've yet to see a movie of him where he's not in a car chase, and I'm yeah. perfectly fine with that. <laughs> I always said that he should have played when Rob Zombie did Halloween, which I do like. Should have played Loomis. Yes. Yes. Could you imagine how I? I think we've talked about this, but yep. I think I think that that uh, Jason Statham as Doctor Loomis would have been fucking cool because he has that accent, you know, and he's just like everybody. We're Smith's Grove. We need to stay the fuck away from Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be the voice of reason, Doctor Loomis. That fucking guy's got a big knife. And I don't really think we should go after him. I'm like, smart, Jason Statham. Okay, anyway, wrestling. 
Ah, so next up we had Monday Night Raw, which started with a Seth Rollins in-ring promo who told us it's been two years since there was a championship match on Raw. He's also wearing sunglasses inside and doing the stupid... (laughs) Yeah, but he's doing the stupid I asked myself and then he says self joke. Like, you know, when you go, I asked myself, I said self? Like, ah, that joke is dumb. It's it's look at, look at my face right now. For those who can't see, which should be all of you, <laughs> exasperation is the best way I can describe it. Yeah, that's fair. I was I was listening to a podcast, and the person said, uh, "For those of you who can't see what's happening, like it's a podcast, dog. None of us, <laughs> like, like none of us can see." <laughs> And uh, yeah, Imperium and no, not Imperium. He's interrupted by Priest and Finn. And so Seth talks Priest into guaranteeing that Judgment Day would stay in the back during their match, which fine, I'm down for a Priest versus Rollins one on one match. Yeah. And all I can end this is Joaquin Phoenix would be proud of Seth's portrayal as the Joker. <laughs> Because he did like this exaggerated walk at the end. It looked just like Joaquin Phoenix going down the stairs in the Joker. Oy. Oy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm happy that wasn't Jared Leto. That's all I can say about that. Oh my God, that. Like, I don't know what fanfic he was reading to get that inspiration, but no. Yeah, that was fucking awful. Jesus. Ah, so. We had Becky Lynch versus Sonya Deville, which, I mean, the match really was everything you would expect it to be. Sonya would get the upper hand when Chelsea distracted Trish, which, so, Trish not Trish, dish. oh my god, when Becky was distracted <laughs> by Chelsea. Uh, I need to work on names, but... It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, Trish and Zoe Stark come out, and they stand on the ramp. That's it. That's their distraction. That's their big distraction. Uh, Becky wins with the manhandle slam after Sonya tried to put her feet on the ropes for a pin. Yeah. Now, remember that. Trish and Zoe come out to distract Trish. Just remember that part for later. Okay. And then... Oh my god, did I say it backwards again? You Trish said Trish and, and Zoe. Zoe came out to distract Trish. I was like... So Zoe's just out there making faces at her or something, going, bruh, bruh. Yeah. So Trish and Zoe come out to distract Becky. I need a whiteboard or something. <laughs> just remember that. You need some post-its. So, uh, so let's see. There's a Byron Saxon interview backstage with Sammy and Kevin, who apparently didn't know they were going to be interviewed. Because they're just sitting there talking to each other. And Byron starts with, I'm here with the tag team champions. Then he turns to Sammy and Kevin, not paying him any attention until he interrupts them. (laughs) Oh my god. (sighs) Which, they were interrupted. Well, I I went as high (laughs) as Jason Statham for a moment. Do you want me to sing the Brady Bunch song? It's time to change. We've got to. Yeah, all right. Don't worry. I only make fun of you because my wife, I do that shit all the time, and my wife makes fun of me for it too. 
Oh no, that one was just a, a twinge too obvious for even me to ignore it. <laughs> I wasn't uh, so going to yeah. say anything and then you said something, so <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess it's on the table now. Oh, I say that to everybody of like, well, I was going to ignore it, but if you want to acknowledge it, let's go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the tag team champs are interrupted by Imperium, and Kevin has this new thing where like, he's interrupted or something, and he goes crazy, not goes crazy like physically, just verbally gets super mad, and he lays out the rules of wrestling. Okay. Like last week, they were, was it last week? Yes, last week they were interrupted by Imperium. And Kevin says, you can't come out yet. We haven't said your name yet. You're supposed to be in the back until we say your name. Then they play your music. Like, <laughs> like it's almost a Deadpool-esque fourth wall break. I don't even understand it anymore. But doesn't uh, that alone just tell you how predictable everything's getting? Yes. Yes. But at luckily, least, at least thing. WWE. Right. So... Like, okay, just for the sake of this, I would assume there's a format written for the show, and I would assume the matches are written on this format. Well, thank God that the format said Gunther versus Kevin, and Kevin happened to be interrupted by Gunther, because <laughs> that was the match we had next. Maybe they fucked it up and, like, Kevin got interrupted by Lacey, and then they stood there all confused because like, someone just missed their cue and went out at the wrong time. So they have to have some impromptu storyline made to make it make sense. You know what? If that happened, it actually might be good. You know, let the these guys just is? randomly do stuff. What? We're about to come to that part. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So at match of the night for me, Kevin Owens versus Gunther. Like, I don't think I've ever seen Gunther have a bad match. And these two were just brutal with each other. Yeah. Like nice. it was absolutely great. Cool. Uh let's see. Kathy interviewed thank <laughs> Kathy Kelly interviewed Riddle. Thank God interrupted by Imperium to get a Imperium was all over this show as I'm reading this. Like they were everywhere, which nice. I'm all about it, but man, when did they get to go to catering for the day? <laughs> yeah, they didn't. And you know, I I wish they would just fucking Get rid of Matt Riddle. Hey, get it? He's get so rid annoying. of Riddle? Yes. That was fucking stupid. <laughs> He's so annoying. Like, just... I'm sick of the stoner humor. Oh, is, he, is he still doing that? Oh, uh, yeah. He's still talking like this, bro. Because when he goes out there, he's just ready to have fun, bro. And Imperium, you're interrupting me, bro. Like, yeah. Oh, Jesus. So here's the part I was telling you about. Well, not telling, but letting you know what's happening. Ronda yeah. Rousey and Shayna Baszler are being interviewed, and they're saying they want to make the tag team championship relevant. Here's where they fucked up. They added the word again, which would imply it ever was. <laughs> so <laughs> so Ronda and, it, it and Shayna. Not. No. Like, I'm sorry, that's not an insult to the women's division. That's an insult to the booking of the women's tag team championship. Yeah. Because with the exception of the two teams involved, every team is just thrown together. Hmm. Like, Liv Morgan went out, and that should have been Raquel. Is she Gonzalez or Rodriguez now? 
whatever. It should have been Raquel's chance. Yeah. It should have been Raquel's chance to be a single and actually start building up a new challenger for somebody. Instead, they look around in catering and go, who's that next to the Shotzi? Get over here. I don't know why it took that moron so long to notice it was Shotzi. She has bright green hair, for God's sake. (laughs) Who is that? Oh, yeah. Maybe it was Matt Riddle. Maybe it's Matt Riddle doing the booking. Oh. Where he's just like, "Uh, bro, uh, yeah, let's do this. Bing, bing, bing. Uh, There's chimes in my theme song. Cool. So, Rhonda and Shannon are interrupted by Caden and Katana. And. Rhonda and Shayna say they're going to talk to Adam Pierce and they're going to get a match made. So they make their entrance to the ring. We okay. go to commercial. We come back from commercial and the announcer tells us Rhonda has spoken to Adam Pierce and this match is official, which means that in storyline, Rhonda went to the ring, left the ring, went to Adam Pierce's office, got the match made and went back to the ring. Or she has a cell phone somewhere in her tights. The fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, Would that have gotten you an F? Yes. <laughs> yeah, my professors would have been like, continuity fucking error here. Like, <laughs> you're fucking, you, you have these clips you made and you put them in the wrong order. <laughs> <laughs> I would not only would I have gotten an F, but I would have gotten a public fucking thrashing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But all the Chris you Nolan fans would have been like, all right, it's out of order. That means it's good. Oh, God, that. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah, was I my entire stand... time in film school. I can't stand when I have to watch a movie twice because now I finally know what's going on at the end. Yep. You know what show did that? Did you ever see the show Westworld? Yeah, with Martin Sheen or the yeah. TV show. I never oh, watched no. the TV show. I watched the movie, the old movie. Oh, no, the TV show. Okay. So, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it, but don't bother, I promise. <laughs> so, the whole thing, it's these two stories. One of them, like a young whippersnapper is just a good dude. The other one, an older guy who's just a bad dude. And clearly the two stories are meant to intersect, or at least you're meant to think that. Then at the very end, they do the whole, the good dude has turned evil, and it turns out everything the bad dude was doing was the good dude from the future. Yeah, that and sounds about I right. Almost, I almost winged a remote through the television. <laughs> like, I can't stand when the end of the movie is kidding. Yeah, or it was a, all a dream. Oh, that's the worst. I think you should have your writing credentials taken away from you. You know, like Twilight already sucked, right? But and so, but I wanted. Okay, so as a film student, I watched all those. As a film crit, as a media criticism student, I watched all those movies because if I said they sucked, I wanted to be able to back it up. So I watched all of them. And spoiler alert: if you haven't watched it, well, you're not missing anything. I watched the third one, Eclipse, I think. It was, the, yeah, it was that one. Or maybe it was the end of the whole series. I have no fucking idea anymore. But at the end of it, they had this giant battle, and they're like, oh, it was just a dream. 
I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that cool thing was, is I was actually the one part of that entire show that was tolerable. Like there was vampires and werewolves ripping each other apart. And then at the end, they're like, oh no, that was just me. Like with my powers and abilities to see the future. Oh God. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. Have you ever yeah, tried, folks. have you ever looked at the book for those movies? Like the actual no. books. So they, they're, people love those books, but they were written for like, they weren't even written for teenagers. They were like written for like preteens. Like the, 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 the font is huge. You know, it's like fucking Dr. Seuss. <laughs> anyway, you were saying. Oh, for those who actually do want vampires and werewolves just beating the hell out of each other and a really hot chick, Underworld. Yeah, there's like 19 <laughs> of those movies. <laughs> yeah, there's like at least... There's like five of them or something. I, and it, I do. Kate Beckinsale's great. Yeah, I loved her in, um, what was it? Van Helsing. Helsing. Yeah, she was good in that too. Got a little typecast there for a while. Yes, she did. <laughs> That's okay, because she owned it. Right. Good for her. And like, okay, we need a really hot vampire. Or we need a really hot vampire hunter. Same person. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Well, Kate Beckinsale was in that. We can make it work for this. You know? This is like the same reason why uh, Mila, Mia or Mila Jovovich was yep. in all the Resident Evil movies. Like, we need this chick to kill these zombies. You know, then, she was in a single episode of Married with Children, was and she? she was, like, underage, but they made her a super hot, sexy foreign exchange student. Oh, yeah, was she, like, Bud's, like, Bud was trying to hook up with her or something? Yep. Yeah. And then you find out she's 14, and you just go, oh, I, I don't feel okay that you made me watch this. No, it's gross. It's the same people that, like, I had a friend who grossed me out. When we were kids, because we were watching Harry Potter, like the first one, the Sorcerer's Stone. And he's like, wow, that, that Hermione girl's going to be hot. I'm like, oh, oh man, dude. come on, bro. That's never an okay sentence. And the same people that are like, I can't wait for the Olsen twins to be 18. I'm like, oh, my God, fucking people are goddamn awful people. And I hope someone drops an anvil on you. You know, there was a whole website that the whole website, all it was, was a countdown <laughs> to when the Olsons were 18. What the fuck? And, like, the absurdity is funny. The message is not funny. As, as a guy who was close to turning or about 18 at that time, even I looked at that and just went, oh, that's gross, dude. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Ugh. Jesus Christ. All right, moving on to more wrestling and away from the creepiness. Well, next we had Ricochet backstage with Bronson Reed, and I promise it was Bronson Reed. That's actually in my notes. It I was swear. Bronson Reed. Okay. It says it right. <laughs> Unlike last time, we were missing Bron Breaker and Bronson Reed. There's too many Brons because we have Bron Strowman, too. Imagine if all three team up. They Imagine would, if they're a trio. They they are and their gimmick will be paper towels and they'll be brawny. Brawny. <laughs> and they'll fight against the old ladies faction for fucking the quicker picker upper bounty. <laughs> It'll be like the faction of bounty versus the faction of brawny. 
that's still more entertaining than most of WWE and NXT, especially. WWE could poach Bear Country from AEW, and then we've got Charmin. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We could have, yeah, and, and you know what? And you know what this leads to? This leads to all. It's all shit. It's all something that I'm gonna have to wipe my ass with. <laughs> oh, God, oh that, man, that was at, too easy. At this one, at this one hospital, they had the toilet paper they had, which is clearly the lowest bidder. It it was called Angel Soft. Oh yeah, that's in the whole. Uh, that was a popular brand for a while. If that's Angel Soft, I'm terrified of Demon Ruff. <laughs> Demon Ruff. That's like I'm pretty sure that's the Sam's Club version. <laughs> like Demon I'm pretty Ruff sure the doctor would tell. Like I'm pretty sure the doctor would tell you, "Hey, while you're here, don't eat Chipotle, don't eat Taco Bell. Why? Because <laughs> we need to know if the blood is from the toilet paper." <laughs> In comes the faction of Brawny. We're not even that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they could, you know, it is toilet paper. So, I mean, if something ever happens to to uh, hit row, I mean, they could always put they could always put <laughs> Top Dollar in that faction. Oh, that'd be a shitty situation right there. Ah, <laughs> Beefhead would be pissed off. No, she get mad and join Bounty. That's what the B stands for. I I truly wonder. Like, I'm sure she can talk <laughs> at least a little. She's in a rap group. She better be able to do something. I don't think they want her to. <laughs> and just remember, folks, this is the team that Triple H fought to get back. I don't get that. Of all people, why that one? Right. Like, Ugh. I'm not sure what... I'm not sure what he saw that he obviously doesn't see anymore. I I still don't and think Triple really H has anything just that, to do with anything. Oh, if it really was that one time that Tom Dollar fell over the top rope, which it, Michael Cole has just been destroying him ever since then... But if yeah. that's really all it took to just destroy them as a team. Yeah. If anything, I feel bad for Ashanti because I'm sure the guy'd be a perfectly good mid-card talent. Yeah. Oh boy. Poor Top Dollar. Seems like such a nice gentleman. Right? <laughs> Even though he fucking underpays stupid people ass. for their stuff. And he's he's a stupid ass and he has a stupid ass name. Also, I'm lost. Why is the show called Hidden Treasures? They know where the treasure is. Not like, at first. Okay. They're hidden at the beginning of the show. But then they make a quick phone call to the guy they know has it. Yeah, well, maybe maybe if we watched all the like the director's footage that they never put out, it's like seven hours long. Like it's just people trying to call all these fucking territory rats from all over the place. <laughs> It's like some like some like ring rats like oh yeah I remember when Adrian Adonis was here he gave me his lipstick yeah and then the lady sounds like the bailiff on Night Court now like she was a rat in the eighties but now she's like hey honey I'm gonna smoke this through my trick ring 
<laughs> Speaking of that, did, did you hear Stan Lane has vindicated himself as not the father of Lauren Bobert? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Which is like just the absurdity of this whole thing. <laughs> uh. So, with absurdity in mind, we got Shinsuke versus Ricochet. Which... Who won? The, who won the Bronson Reed match? Oh, this was because of the Bronson Reed thing backstage. So we didn't get Ricochet versus Bronson Reed. We got Ricochet versus Shinsuke which was interrupted by Bronson Reed destroying everybody. Okay. Which, you know, sure. (laughs) Whatever. And let's see. So, the whole thing ends, Bronson does a tsunami to Ricochet. And how does the crowd react when our baby face just got squashed by a 900-pound dude from New Zealand by chanting one more time? Uh, and it makes me wonder right up there with fans chanting we want tables like can a wrestler be over more than the furniture anymore (laughs) like can a wrestler be over more than he did the move no like like if kane was to chokeslam mother Teresa, i've decided fans will just chant one more time Yes, they will. Wrestling fans are bloodthirsty bastards. Well, Queen Elizabeth is like a week away from dying, and the Dudleys throw her through a table. One more time, one more time, and then she gives birth to a hand, and it becomes the King of England. So, so now we've gotten to the definite filler section of the show. Alpha Academy backstage has decided. Maxine is going to train to wrestle. That way she can fight Valhalla. Uh, if she wins against Valhalla, that is fucking stupid. Right. Sarah Logan's fucking great. That She looks That's... feral as fuck. It's great. Oh, she's so good. She's so much better than what they let her be. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so weird, that team of, what was it, Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, and oh, Ruby Soho. The Riot Squad. Yeah, where you just looked at and went, none of you look like you would ever meet each other outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know how there are people in school who, they might not be friends, but they might see each other in the same place outside? Yeah. Like, these three look like that would never be a chance. <laughs> Especially like, not well, maybe now because Ruby like has herself all painted up, and then right. I don't know, now maybe they would like they seem like, like they're like the fucking the craft people or something. Like I just picture Logan would be larping in the woods, Liv would be at a rave somewhere or at her chicken farm, whatever. <laughs> Which is a rave. She makes the chickens fucking dance, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Ruby is at a punk concert. Not a CM yeah. Punk concert, a Rancid concert. Uh, yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't know. The AEW Collision is a CM Punk concert, so I mean... <laughs> maybe she's on that roster. Oh, I mean, God. Yeah, I know. Wrestling is just... like We're going to start doing this podcast, and we're just going to talk about other shit for most of it, and then wrestling will be like in, like a middle of it. 
even like more so <laughs> like even more so than now because i'm sorry man wrestling is just getting so goddamn lame like we're talking about raw and smackdown and it's just like i've yet to hear a segment that i gave a shit about right you like know? we got I think out of the two shows I've named, LA Knight. We had like two or three good matches. Yeah. LA Knight like, would be great. We at least got a good main event on this show with Priest versus Rollins. But yeah, Kevin versus Gunther, Priest versus Rollins, and then LA Knight versus Montez Ford. That was all you needed. That was your good wrestling from WWE for the week. Odd. That's terrible. You know what, though? Like, there was, and that's bad because that was off of two shows because we got the same amount of good matches from, which leads me to AW Dynamite. Actually, oh, no. you sure? We've still got my favorite part. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So we had Natalia versus Zoe Stark, which was anyone uncertain of who would win this match. Yeah. Now, you recall Trish and Zoe tried to cash, tried to catch? What's the word? They tried to make it so Becky Lynch didn't win. They tried to... Uh, I am blanking on the English uh, language. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to interfere, I don't know, or rig the match. Or, sure. So I don't know. you would think, does Becky come out to make it even? Natalia versus Zoe with Trish on one side and Becky on the other? No. Apparently, Becky took a shower and left the building. <laughs> Which, if you're Natalia, wouldn't next week you go up to Becky and go, Hey, um, Lass, the fuck? Yeah. Like, what the hell? And But Becky would be like, why? You lost to Rhea in like five seconds. I don't <laughs> give a shit about you. Speaking of that. So I I was looking through notes from last week and I didn't use this joke and it's too damn funny not to. So last week, Trish is in the ring. Becky comes out. Becky is wearing the outfit that she wore in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Trish is wearing the outfit she wore in Saudi Arabia. And Becky says, we're still dressed from Saudi Arabia. Let's have a match. And all I could think was, that's gross. Yeah, like, haven't you showered since you got back from Saudi Arabia? Like, it, It's you, hot. It's hot there. Didn't you change or nothing? Like, they, uh, I know they're not big on showing skin in public, but surely they have showers. Yeah, yeah I would hope so. Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, that was just a weird line that I felt needed to be highlighted. So apparently... Trish and Becky did not change or take a shower on the flight from Saudi Arabia back to the U.S. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> so, yeah, main event, we had Priest versus Rollins, and Rollins, he had made fun earlier of the fact that he had injured Finn when Finn became the Red Belt champion. Yeah. The fruit roll-up title holder. <laughs> it did. It looked like a fruit roll-up. Like at least it, it made sense. It was on Raw. Right. But like, surely they send them a design and say, here's what we're doing. It's gonna be all red. Now, when you say all red, I mean like, have you ever eaten a fruit roll-up? 
Uh, yeah, because it was all it had like a sheen, it had like a Charlie Sheen to it too, where it was yes. like, a, yeah, I get you. It probably didn't taste very good though. It probably just tasted like fake leather. So you remember that video that came out of Paige? I refused to watch it, but I'm aware of what existed on it. Oh, the one, the, the naughty one. Oh, the one with uh, Brad Maddox and Xavier Woods. Yep. So, um, you okay. recall some activities that bled over to the belt? Yes. I now put this to you: people who won that belt have kissed it. <laughs> I, uh... did, did they know? <laughs> Maybe not. They probably didn't watch the video either, just out of respect. Maybe that's what it is. And now they know, because like, because you know they listen to this fucking show. So now they <laughs> now they know, and uh, you've just ruined their entire fucking life. Now they're I all just... going. You remember like in Ace Ventura when he fucking finds out that Ray Finkel's a man? Yeah. <laughs> you know, no fence, no fence. Pride Month. It was a different time where that shit was funny. Um, and he starts just like. <laughs> it takes a hot shower. That's probably what they're doing now that you mentioned that. And listening to the just, crying game. I would just love the idea of Charlotte walking up to Paige and just going, so um, we have something to discuss. You did use bleach, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't even know. Like, I didn't watch that video, so I have no idea what the... All I know is who was in it. That's the only thing I know about it. I know it led to one of the funnier moments of late where Xavier Woods is standing there, Biggie and Kofi are just kind of to the side staring at him. Like, so, um, anything happened over the weekend? I'm surprised WWE even let him do that. Right? You know. But, yeah, whatever. No, you know, Paige, ben, you know Vince... a weird phase. Vince was probably in the back doing that thing that the cops did on that episode of South Park. Where Ike is with his teacher. Oh, and Vince nice. is probably in the back going, nice, nice. And you know, Laronitis is going, nice. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. Me. It does amaze me every time I hear it. John Laronitis and Road Warrior Animal are brothers. I know. Like, that fascinates me just to hear it. Like, yeah. not even adopted. Blood brothers from the same parents. Yeah. Hey, everybody. My brother was a road warrior. <laughs> I had a skateboard. And you just kind of look over like, did he bully you into not going to the gym? What happened? Yeah, no, he didn't bully anything. He just, like, said, I got you a job, but you have to have the stupid fucking, you have to look like a fucking Sunny D commercial. Like with a fucking skateboard. Like, but I I don't know how to skateboard. Like, I don't want to do fine. that. You'll carry it. Yeah, yeah. You you want You won't have to do it. Oh, okay, good. Okay. Like, well, Surfer Sting never came out with a surfboard. <laughs> Can I sexually harass somebody in twenty years? While my wife has brain cancer and Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. You deserve to be ragged through, dragged through the coals over that one. Yeah, that's fucked. People power my ass. Yeah, so you were talking about dynamite. <laughs> yeah. And this was the one you caught some of, yes. <laughs> yeah.
Uh, so yeah, we started off with the international title, Orange Cassidy versus Swerve Strickland, and I mean, we got a spinny-whirly-flippy-doo match. Yeah, I heard the match was really good. I wish I would have seen it, because like we were talking about before, like since I have a little bit of insider like about how cool Orange Cassidy is as a person, like it makes me actually really appreciate watching him now. So, so I wish I could have watched that match. Here are the questions I wound up with after this match. Wasn't feud wasn't Swerve feuding with Keith Lee, like even teasing it during the pay-per-view? And post-match, the Mogul Embassy runs down, and for the save, you would think to save Orange if Swerve is the one attacking him would be Keith Lee. Nope. Sting and Sad Boy. I love how you still call him Sad Boy. <laughs> Well, it doesn't record Darby. <laughs> but, but now you need to have it see if it'll record Darby O'Kill and the little people. <laughs> see if it records that. It'll be like, oh yeah, Sean Connery, sure. We know that. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I, I feel like Tony Khan forgets his own booking and then when the wrestlers have a chance, they have to just do a thing. <laughs> Like, maybe he forgot Swerve and Keith were feuding with each other. Then they happened to be in a battle royal together and go, okay, we can remind everybody. Yeah. Because somehow I turned into Keith Lee the Gray. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) It did. And to the best of my knowledge, there's been no explanation of it. And if it was on Rampage, I'm counting that as no explanation. Yeah, that was, you didn't see that. It was really cool. Like, he, he, he was doing the saying. He ended up fighting the Balrog. It was crazy. Like, <laughs> Keith Lee was floating down this fucking, like, tunnel. And, like, he's stabbing the like, Balrog. And they landed in the snow. It was this whole thing. You missed it. You know what I love about that? The idea <laughs> they fell into the pits of the eternal abyss of hell. And then they wind up on top of a mountain fighting each other, which means they fought off just like wrestlers. And you know what else? It's a, it makes me now believe that Bugs Bunny was, was up to something when he tunneled through and made it to China. <laughs> <laughs> he made that left turn in Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Oh, <laughs> God, when cartoons were good, we've discussed a few of those. Mm-hmm. Did, I don't know if I told you this, but the new Looney Tunes, they changed the weapon that Elmer Fudd uses. He wasn't oh, no. using a gun anymore. He was using a scythe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, right. The literal tool of death. How is that better? How is that better? I, I would I would venture to think that's more terrifying for a child. Yeah, like this giant. Yeah, oh my god. I would rather him be chasing after me with a shotgun than like chasing after me with a fucking scythe. Right. Jesus. <laughs> fucking who wrote that shit, man? Someone with a, so, a fucking intern with a bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> like. So- so you're drawing Elmer Fudd and listening to A Night on Bald Mountain. <laughs> you're drawing Elmer Fudd and like, hmm, what's this Eagles of Death Metal CD? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Scythe. <laughs> hey, 
Halloween. I can do something with that. <laughs> oh my god, I told I told this coworker about the band Halloween. And they thought it was Hello Ween. Like the band Ween? It was just like a it was a Ween fucking uh yeah. tribute band. Hello Ween. <laughs> yeah, they thought it was just Hello Space Ween. <laughs> I was like, it, oh, god damn it. And it's just two people coming out and covering the song. Many colors in the homo rainbow. They're <laughs> gonna let your colors shine. Ween is a very strange band. There is a band called... I didn't know there was actually a band called Ween. Oh, yeah. like they, They're actually really good. Um, they're definitely like one of the college... Like, this is the band I listen to because I'm in college and I need to be different. Oh, uh, one of those. But they're actually one of those bands that are good. I'm not a huge fan, but if they're on, it's like, okay. I don't go out of my way to listen to Ween. My Billy does. My buddy Billy, okay. he loves Ween. It's like one of his favorite bands. So Did he discover them in college? <laughs> Probably. I don't know, Billy. I don't know. Billy's Billy's always been like a big music guy. I mean, he appreciates like all music, and he like really attached himself to to Ween. So whatever. I had a roommate. He would he would portray himself as an Eddie Trunk esque expert of music. Then you talk to him and realize he only knows the absolute basics. <laughs> like what was it? He knew Metallica. He knew Anthrax. He knew Megadeth. He knew Slayer. No idea who Testament was. Didn't know Merciful Fate? No. Uh, Didn't know... Like... Corrosion of Conformity? He, he knew Warrant. He didn't know Great White. <laughs> you should know Great White just because of the fire story alone. Right. That's just lazy. <laughs> but no, he was also super annoying, so I tried to go out of my way not to talk to him. And it wasn't until months later when it finally clicks, like, you know nothing. You know absolutely nothing. Like, I don't, like, as like, far as... You literally, you literally saw VH1 countdown of the greatest <laughs> metal bands and said, I'm done. <laughs> You're like, oh man, this Poison band, their metal is fuck. Like, I think Welcome to the Jungle got the number one heavy metal slot, which, like, we're not being really... generous calling it heavy metal. Yeah, that's not heavy metal. It's just rock. You know? Like, I don't know shit about classic rock. Well, classic rock now, because the shit I listen to is now considered classic rock. But I mean, like, you know, I know a little bit of Joplin and Hendrix and stuff like that, but I'm not an expert on it. When it comes to like from like 1992 to like 2001, I'm your guy, <laughs> <laughs> especially in the rock genres. But even in some of the pop, the pop, uh, pop music category too, I can throw some out because that was when all that pop music was tolerable too. Right now it's not because I can't differentiate any of them from each other. Speaking of Hendrix, do you want to see a perfect impersonation of him? With Lenny Kravitz? <laughs> <laughs> oh, even better. I promise. Okay. 
I, that's you want really... to see Whitney Houston? <laughs> I think. How I... about Dusty Hill? <laughs> How about David Carradine? Uh, or michael hutchins from nxs <laughs> even more fun is when you're actually in person so you just lie down on the floor <laughs> <laughs> that's funny oh uh, i can let me hold my breath for about eight minutes and i'll show you my impersonation of elvis presley <laughs> <laughs> but first i need a fool's gold sandwich which reminds me of the second match of AEW Dynamite. <laughs> Which was BCC versus Chaos, and yes, it was. Who the fuck is BCC? Blackpool Combat Club, which has no one from Blackpool in it. <laughs> That's why I get confused. And then the other, what, who's the other? Chaos is the best friends, which is Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor against Rocky Romero who wears an eye patch for no reason other than he thinks it looks cool. He's not like a pirate, or he's not trying to do a fucking... What's that guy's name? Paul Birchall. Paul Birchall. Yeah. No, I think his whole shtick is that he goes out to the Rapongi part of Japan, which is like their party area, and he just parties. Hmm. Like, Chuck Taylor's whole thing is he's best friends with Tremperetta, and lucky he is because that's how he has a job. Yeah. I saw I saw a team that's going to have a match on Rampage this week called the Spanish Announce Project or something. Yep, it's Who the um fuck is that? It's Luther, it's Serpentico and somebody else. I can't for, not that it's important, but for the life of me I can't remember who the third person is. That's, but they actually got in trouble cuz there was another team on the Indies called the Spanish announced team. Yeah. And their whole shtick was just like this. They would do Spanish commentary and also do a match. Yeah. And they were actually very innovative in a lot of their Lucha style offense. Yeah. So they were none too happy with the Spanish announced project for basically doing that. Just not as well. Uh, maybe it was just a coincidence. I, I don't think like Serpentico is a pretty cool dude. I don't think that he would have intentionally ripped anything off. God, I hope not. Nah. I don't I don't know about the other guys, but Serpentico's a nice dude. Who was Fuego del Sol? Mm. I love the fact that they bring out Fuego del Sol and say from Alabama. <laughs> like, okay. I at one point had a pair of Maui Jim sunglasses, and they're really good sunglasses. But if you ever have the chance. Call the Maui Jim helpline. It will mind fuck you from the very start. Because it starts off with, Aloha. Thank you for calling Maui Jim. Where Aloha also means hello. Located in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> and then you hear, Thank you for calling Maui Jim. How can I help you today? <laughs> and you're on the phone like, What the fuck just happened? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> now I want to call him. Like, just for that experience? Yeah, just for that. And I can be like, okay, well, let me talk about, like, all the things that are real fucked up about my experience right now. Because yeah. I will take a customer survey. And let me, <laughs> let me, I'll give you the be the weirdest survey that I... <laughs> 
Like I don't do shrooms. Like I don't do shrooms, but I think this is what it's like. (laughs) (laughs) But for this match, the highlight was definitely Daniel Bryan on Bryan Danielson. Whatever the hell his name is, some combination of those. It doesn't matter. So he on commentary was just making fun of the best friends the whole time. Like at one point, I think it's Chuck hit some huge go fuck yourself move to Wheeler Yuta, and he just walks over for a tag. And Brian, for a solid minute, he didn't even go for a tag. This moron didn't even go. No, he didn't go for a pin. This moron didn't even go for a pin. He had him beat. That's awesome. And the end of the match. I don't know if you got to see this, but Trent comes off the top rope to the floor and Claudio kills him with an uppercut that I I thought Trent like landed on his head after that and just nearly died. (laughs) So then back in the ring, um, Moxley gets a choke. Wheeler starts the hammer anvil elbows, which... I don't think they look that great. Daniel Bryan does them really well, but everyone else like doesn't trap the arm. So you just look at it and go, dude, use your other arm. Like, grab him, <laughs> cover, do something, man. And uh, yeah, we get the bell because there was a tap out and Wheeler Yuta continues doing elbows for some reason. Okay. Now, the big news is we are getting Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada at Forbidden Door, which all the yeses for that. That'll be cool. Yeah, that'll be a really good match. So, Forbidden Door. Why the fuck are they even calling it Forbidden Door? That's a, such a stupid fucking name for a pay-per-view. Oh, because the big joke was no companies would work with each other for the longest, which made no sense because... TNA was working with New Japan and AAA, I believe. Ring of Honor was working with other promotions. Like, it's not a forbidden door. It's just a company doesn't do it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And to be fair, it makes sense for the WWE not to work with other people because the WWE is worth billions, whereas everyone else is worth millions. They don't need to work with anybody. Right. Like, okay, cool. Let's say John Cena faces Hiroshi Tanahashi. All that does is elevate the stock of Tanahashi, not Cena, because in the eyes of the average person, they don't know who this is. Yeah, I know that there's there's. um, And I cannot stress enough. That's not me saying I don't want a forbidden door pay-per-view with all these matches because I do. These matches are for the diehards. It's for us. Yeah, I'm saying the name and the concept doesn't make sense because it's already been done yeah yeah i heard that um speaking of like weirdness and wwe because you know this always works out well um they're talking about uh hiring coda abushi and the wwe i read that somewhere not too long ago okay until he gets mad I don't know. No, I'm... If I was a betting man, and I was until football season ended, (laughs) I would have put money that Ibushi was coming to AEW to team with Kenny Omega. That would make the most sense. 
But I guess he's going to go where the paycheck is. I mean, but that's the thing. The paycheck would be just as good at either place. Right. Because Tony's got that money. That's that's the difference between WWE and and TNA and WWE and AEW. And, yeah, because AEW has the clout to back up and do whatever they want. And WWE, it's just a different animal. They're not even the same. They're not even... One, you can't really even call WWE like a wrestling company anymore because they're not. They're not. They are not concerned with matches like good, like fan fan favorite matches. They just don't give a shit anymore. They don't need to, and they don't have to. No, in fact, they go to commercial during matches. Yeah, they don't give a shit. Right, so. like they'd rather do a ten minute backstage thing and then three minutes of a match, commercial, two minutes of a match. The only thing they're worried about is merchandise sales. That's the only thing they care about. So if something brings down merch sales, then they're going to actually try to do something. I think that's the only reason they keep entertaining Bray Wyatt. Oh, I'm sure. It's like, say what you will, those masks, they sell like hotcakes. Well, it's like fucking Alexa Bliss. That fucking Lily doll is still a huge seller, and like they don't even use it on TV anymore. I want to know who's buying the Lily doll. I don't like, know. I can't picture a child going up to their parent going... I really want the Lily doll. Which maybe they are. God bless. WWE. I can't picture it. WWE caters to children. So that's it's just their thing. They're doing like, you know, when people, whenever you'd hear Cornette bitch about to Jerry fighting a panda or something like that. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. that WWE doesn't do that shit because that seems like what they would want to do to cater towards their younger audiences. So. I still love the idea that um, was it Kenny had yesterday AEW do something with the World Wildlife Foundation? Yeah, <laughs> that'd like, be funny. That'd be hilarious. That'd be such a good. Was that, that Kenny? Not or even Stomu. Fu. That'd be a fun dig. Yes, was Kenny. Was it Stomu or was it Kenny? I said that. I, Might have been Kenny. I thought it was Kenny. I could definitely be wrong though. All right. If you're listening to this, feel free to let us know on Twitter. <laughs> but they're not listening to it because, well, they will later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're uh, another tease for Forbidden Door. We're getting Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay number two. Nice. That'll be a good match. Yes, it will. Uh, we then got the MJF Adam Cole promo. That which, was good. Uh, right. I was really into it. I actually did get to watch most of that. I just wrote on here, MJF is so good. He's amazing on the mic. Adam Cole as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I know some people got mad at all the WWE references, but I'm fine with the way they did those references here. I'm fine with it. It's when you keep teasing the whole... I'm not happy, and I might go to the other company. Like, that I can't get into, but... Yeah, that's annoying. This, where they said, you know, he flat out said you were going to be Keith Lee's manager. <laughs> yeah, I know. I laughed. I I literally laughed out loud when I when I, when he did that. And Gloria was I like... Even, she's I like, what are you laughing line, at? I even like the line Adam Cole had when MJF mentioned his body. And Adam Cole says... The only reason you talk about my body is because you can't talk about my body of work because it's better than yours. 
Yeah, and then he made a steroid comment. Yes. That was pretty fucked up. Now, to be fair, I heard Adam Cole say that MJF was on steroids and couldn't help but think, you might want to ask him for his dealer. Like, just a, a few. Yeah. Just a couple. Just because I will never find this not hilarious, there was a UFC heavyweight champion, Tim Sylvia, who got busted with PEDs. And they were trying to explain the PEDs he took were for, like, really extreme fat burning. Yeah. And I don't know if this is 100% true. I doubt it, but it makes it funnier. Apparently, Tim Sylvia said, you know, I work out real hard, and I just wanted a six-pack, so I took these fat burners hoping I could finally see a (laughs) six-pack. And they explained it on commentary, and someone looks over and just goes, was he doing it wrong? How did this guy's on PED? <laughs> and I felt Funny. so bad because it was a sincere question of like, well, did he get the dosages wrong or something? <laughs> it didn't work at all. <laughs> God. Oh, man. So we had Jungle Hook versus La Faction Ingobernable without the people who can't be on TV, apparently. Dude, that was uh that was a brutal fucking match. Right? Like, like I don't know if Preston Vance nicked an artery or what, but it was covered in blood. As soon as I saw it, I was I was like, man, I'm surprised they're not throwing up the X for that. Because that was a bad gash. Yeah, it was. And, and he got a I don't know, I don't think he bladed. I think that was from the like he got that the hard way. So it looked like it. Yeah. It was too it was not like yeah, that's what I'm looking for. It wasn't. It wasn't very clean. It, well, yeah, it wasn't a clean like <laughs> line. It was just a gash. <laughs> so it's like I don't know what happened. Like got hit with a chair in the wrong spot or something. But I, he, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't too happy the the next day. I think it was a chain. Or was I'm it? Not mistaken. I was looking at that chain, and it looks like such a gimmicked chain. When I, I was think looking it's at too it, too big. Like, well, Hook, Hook's like fucking what sixty pounds, sopping yeah. wet. You know what I mean? Like, and he's holding this chain like it's nothing. I'm like, that chain is bigger than your arms, bro. It's not like you're <laughs> like Hercules Hernandez and fucking whipping around a fucking chain. You know what I mean? Like that, it right. just looks like a gimmick chain. But whatever, well, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe that yeah, was brutal. So... That was a really brutal match, but. Everyone was saying that Jungle Boy was going to turn heel and all that shit. That's what social media was saying. And I'm like, I just don't see Jack Perry going heel. Not this soon after he got vengeance from being turned on by Christian and Luchasaurus. Plus, picture a heel Jungle Boy on the microphone. Yeah, it would be be comedic. Like, I'm trying to picture... it's hard to even explain, but I'm trying to picture Jungle Boy in an altercation of any kind. Yeah. Like, it usually starts with verbally, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going <laughs> to beat the shit out of you. I can't picture that with him. No. It, yeah, that he would not make a very good heel. So I was really trying to figure out why people were like, people were all like, uh, oh, yeah, you know, he's going to turn heel. I'm just like, it doesn't make any sense. And like, 
AEW makes way more fucking sense on their decisions than WWE does. If it was WWE, I'd been like, yeah, probably. You know what I mean? I've also noticed AEW abandons stuff when it's not working, at least more often than WWE does. Oh, yeah, they fucking just pull the plug quick. WWE lets it ride and... Like Vince want, wanting to cram Roman Reigns down everybody's throat. It took him fucking seven years. Right. You know what I mean? If not longer, maybe ten years to fucking get Roman Reigns to people to actually appreciate him. Like, well, you finally found the magic formula. It took Turn you a heel. decade to do it. Turn him heel. That's all you had to do. I wonder I wonder how many WrestleMania's Roman has main evented. It's gotta be some sort of a record. I don't know. I'm going to look that up because it's probably... Like, he's main evented at least the last three because he's been a champion for a thousand days. Let's see. Who has? He main evented two times against Brock. I think he's main evented six or seven manias. Roman Reigns. Oh, maybe. I don't know. How many times? Seven. He has Damn, seven WrestleMania main events. Hulk Hogan still has the most, apparently. Oh, what does he have? Um, he isn't at the top at number one. Hulk Hogan, who's made eight WrestleMania main event appearances in his decades-long career. You know what? I I never thought of this until we just had this moment. That's the record they're getting rid of. It's not the thousand days they're shooting for. They're not shooting for breeding Bruno. They're not shooting for beating Pedro. That stuff just happened. They're shooting for getting Hulk Hogan off that number. Yep. That makes perfect sense now that you say that. That's exactly what they're doing. Hmm. God damn, look at us figuring shit out. Well, now we know like exactly what's going to main event WrestleMania next year. Right. Because for the next two years, probably. Even better yet, it just says main events. It doesn't say main events as champion. Perhaps Roman loses this year for some chicanery, whatever. This year, meaning next year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he goes in for the main event as the challenger. That way he still gets that title from Hogan. Yep. Yeah. Like when they got mad at Brock, so they just gave the championship to Randy Orton so he could be the youngest champion ever and then (laughs) took it away promptly. Yep. They're like, here you go. Huh. It wasn't as bad as Kane who lost it the next day, but it was not good. No one can stop Kane. Remember that shit? That still blows my mind that their idea was, okay, have you ever heard one of those microphones when people have a hole in their throat? Well, the whole thing was like Kane had like been burnt and he had like oh, right. he couldn't smoke inhalation and stuff. So he was just like, no one can stop Kane. Actually, when you played the old um, Acclaim, uh, uh, not Warzone, but the second one, and they would have voices at the beginning of the matches, like they would have the blah, 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 blah. And then each of them would say something like Al Snow would say something that he wouldn't normally say. Yeah. And like, it's, just, I don't know. And then like, they would go to Kane, but Kane's would just be like, no one can stop Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like, remember okay. Kane's very first words? 
no. Suck it. <laughs> Suck it. Because <laughs> yeah, he was partnered with uh, Xbox. Yep, that's right. Back when not as hot Tory was a thing. Yeah. I like Tory, but Tory Wilson was. Uh, yeah. Suck it. <laughs> speaking of. Okay. Speaking of ladies, I have to once again ask how short are shorts going to get? Like, there's a picture. You can look it up right now. Tony Storm versus Sky Blue okay. at one of their house shows. We're being generous calling those shorts. Like, <laughs> Those are the things you wear under the shorts. Tony Storm. Sky blue, and I'm interested. Not to be creepy, but just because I want to see what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Jesus. Right? Yeah, they need, like, like, yeah, they need to, like, get more shorts or something. Like, dude, I... I am not saying I'm wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. I am not complaining. I am just saying it, the envelope has been pushed. It's been pushed as far as it can be pushed. Yep. Don't do it. You're just gonna we have don't to need have another. Them. Like we don't to... need another the cat at Armageddon moment. Yeah, they're all gonna have to wear Rikishi's thong from now right. on. <laughs> <laughs> so, do, do you want to go on to Tony Khan announcing the main event? of the first collision yeah cm punk and, F and ftr against samoa joe and jay white and juice robinson yeah. God, i can't fucking stand juice juice robinson just noticing it's team double j <laughs> double j um i think the match will be good i think the match will like, be good but it's really weird that they're not putting punk in a singles match i thought so too like, I thought for sure that would be the move. Maybe that's, like, their way of trying to get everybody to not feel like I feel about it just being the CM Punk show. I mean, well, that might be... do that, just make him the opening match. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, mean, they're in they... Chicago. He should... Just noticing, they're in Chicago. He should come out first, do a thing, and then... If he's going to main event, sure. But yeah, the opening should definitely be Punk. And like the litmus test of this show is definitely going to be weeks two and three. Because oh, yeah. one is going to be a hometown advantage. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I hope it's awesome. That's all I'm going to say. I think we've said what we have to say already. Yeah, I hope it's awesome. I hope it works out. No, I hope they they make a fuck ton of money and they're able to do a lot more shows. That's what that's my opinion on it. Well, speaking of things that were short lived, we had Kenoshke Takeshita versus who Excalibur told us was Damon Ace, which I'll have to trust him. He got no graphic, no entrance, and no chance. Yeah, and wasn't was Takeshita's entrance just him beating up Kenny Omega? Yeah, I think that's it was awesome. That's great. You know, you know who had the best entrance like that when Dakota Kai turned on Tegan Knox. Yeah. For like one, maybe two weeks, she came out to the noise of Tegan Knox getting her screaming. ass kicked. Her screaming. Yeah, that was great. Right. You know, like Takeshita doesn't look like a menacing enough person. 
Like they need to like basically cut his hair off and dress him up like the bad guy from Karate Kid Part Two. <laughs> and then then he would like or dress him up like fucking Shang Tsung or something from Mortal Kombat. You know what I mean? Even though I think Shang Tsung was a Chinese guy and not a Japanese guy, but still like do something like that because because T- Takeshita does not look menacing. Like he just looks he's got a baby face and he's got a ponytail. And he does not look like he's anyone that could kick anybody's ass. Like, his body, for lack of a better word, doesn't even look hardened. No. There's no scars. He's not hairy or anything. He's like an in-shape, good-looking dude. He almost looks looks like an overly developed high school kid. That's a perfect way to word it. Yes, you know what I mean. Like he, but I just don't see him as menacing. Like they they can do this gimmick all day with him beating up Kenny Omega, but I just I saw like it's not that he's not talented. It's just that I saw him and I was just like, this guy doesn't look like he could beat up a fucking, you know, a fucking toddler. Like, <laughs> you know? The guy looks like he's definitely going to favor technique over ass kickery. Yeah, and what and. What, he was fucking a face like two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, and apparently the Blackpool Combat Club was interested in him because they made him bleed and you bleed to join the club. And that just didn't might happen. Ah, I don't know. It's fucking weird. I did love so post-match Don Callis and Dominic Mysterio. Those are the two heels right now. Dude, Don Callis was getting that getting that fucking nuclear heat like Dominic. It's fucking crazy. Man, if Don Callis would have got that kind of heat when he was wrestling. Oh, they never would have let him go. No. No. Like, Damn. if Cyrus really did get this kind of hate and vitriol. Yeah. He was um, he was Cyrus in WWE, yes? No, he was um, Jackal. Yeah, he was Jack the Jackal because he was with the Truth Commission. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think that's who that. Yeah, I think that was him. Yeah, because he was with Re Recon and the Kurgan and the other guy. I can't remember. Like there was like two guys. There was like a tag team, and then there was the Kurgan. Who was with him? You know, it's impossible really to hear Kurgan. To push. Yeah, it's impossible to hear Kurgan and not think Highlander. I, I, yeah, I think that's where they got it from. But like, they tried so hard to push him, and he just wasn't very good. And then they put him with the oddities, and that was pretty much the end of his career. Right. Ugh, like that's where fucking there's... careers go to die was in that fucking gimmick. Like, there's certain factions where if you're in it. You better know you're saving your money from now on. Yeah. Now, I'm surprised the Disciples of Apocalypse made it as long as they did. Like, right? they were around forever. Because I remember I was watching old Raw episodes not too long ago. And I was like, like, okay, so here's Disciple. They lasted they were around for like three years. I was like, Damn. And I was like, that's cool. Like, even after Crush left, and it was just Brian Lee and fucking... It was Brian Lee and the fucking uh, Harris Chains? Brothers. Oh, yes. Yeah, because, like, Crush was there, too, when there was four of them. And, Wasn't one they... of them called Chains? 
something yeah like there was that. there was skull eight ball chains and crush i think that's what their names were not to be confused with nails <laughs> is still funny man we're creeping up on that like we had uh this last week's episode the episode from last week did really well um we are it's actually one of our most popular episodes so which is really cool we're hitting that uh, we're getting into the multiple hundreds now nice yeah we're almost to 200 we appreciate every one of you Yes, we sure do. We have almost the 200 downloads now for our show. So that proves that people love to listen to us talk about nonsense. <laughs> As Miles Kennedy once said, there's nothing like nonsense. <laughs> and then he also said, On this day, I'll feel clear. Yeah, okay, I'm done. Oh my God. I went to an Alter Bridge concert recently. And like, they're still doing things? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, it, it's small venues, but yeah. And so they play the whole set, and I know all of them, but then they get to that song, and every part of me just went, oh, he said the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Open open Your Eyes song. That's like the song I like. Oh, it's a good one. Open your eyes. You know? <laughs> That's how, like, C.C. DeVille would sing that song. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was amazing CC. seeing CC DeVille on the surreal life and he was the normal one. I think I told you the story, but I was at a um indie show probably about 15 years ago and fucking wildfire Tommy Rich was there. Yep. And I walked in and I swear to God it was CC DeVille. But I was like, because <laughs> I looked there, I was like, what's CC DeVille doing here? And then my buddy was like, no, that's Tommy Rich. I'm like, you know, you fucking kidding me. I was like, I thought I was going to meet Poison today. Holy shit. Yeah, whatever. So, after after uh, fucking what's-his-nuts gets that nuclear heat, then what did we have? Well, then we had Christian Cage promising revenge on Arn Anderson. Oh, yeah. And here's what apparently a gentleman Christian Cage is. So Christian Cage and Luchasaurus beat up Arn Anderson's son, Brock. They beat him up, they leave him lying, but they stay with him for what had to be an hour for how dry that blood was on the shirt. That's and they what were I checking thought. on him. They were making sure he was okay because they didn't know when their camera time would be. So they had to make sure he was okay. They, they need to have Christian start a cult. Where like anytime someone joins his cult, they start wearing turtlenecks. I love that idea. That'd be great. <laughs> I know, I know you love that idea. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just an army of fucking turtleneck fucking wearing like heels. Even Luchasaurus starts dressing up. He's wearing a nice turtleneck. And I he probably could even would have kill like, him. He could even have like his spikes coming through it. Yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah, they should totally do that. That'd be great. Well, things that weren't great, we had Chris Stantlander versus Anna Jay, which was, I actually put on here, it was a perfectly ineffective match, but I still would like to know the significance of why Chris uses sign language. Like, I'm sure there's a reason, and if they've told us, I totally missed it. 
Well, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I feel like there's got to be a reason. Also, this threw me off. Excalibur said, and she uses American Sign Language, which I'm aware there's probably different ways of signing in different places. But to the best of my knowledge, Chris Statlander only speaks English. Wouldn't that by proxy be the sign language she would most likely know? Well, it says here she's doing it for deaf awareness. But also she goes, this is a quote from her. She says, I originally got the idea to do sign language because on the indies, sometimes if I was the bad guy, I would do an F and a U. Oh, okay. Statlander said, so I'd say an F U during my entrance and no one knew what it meant, but I did it and it was funny to her. But no one else got it. Okay. But now she says, um, she goes, it's different now, especially if there's a deaf person watching TV and sees something like that instead of having to read the subtitles all the time so you can actually focus on the action for a moment. And she thinks it's um, it's a cool little way to reach out to the underserved community. They're not just communicated to the deaf community. They're just not communicated to the deaf community as often. So she does that just to kind of, that's kind of cool. Good for her. It's very cool. Yeah. We need to switch it up a little bit. From now on, she had a cousin that she loved. <laughs> Getting her old backstory. It, right, because it's wrestling. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's really cool. I'm very proud of you. Here's what we're going to change. Yeah, that's pretty cool that she does that. I was curious about that too. I just keep, I always forget that she does it. But now we know, and knowing's half the battle. G.I. Chop. <laughs> okay. I always thought half the battle was red lasers and the other half was blue lasers. Yeah, and like battle cries. Cobra! Yo, Joe! That, that is one of my favorite. Thing. That is one of my favorite jokes from Family Guy. <laughs> it's Cobra attacks, and they're going. Who's attacking us? I have no idea. They run out. Cobra! Like, right there. What's the most important thing about terrorism? Brand recognition? Brand (laughs) recognition. (laughs) Oh, boy. That's good. The only thing I think of with G.I. Joe is I think of... There's two things I think of when anyone mentions G.I. Joe. I would watch it in on Saturday mornings and Sergeant Slaughter would be up there. This is like the early nineties. Sergeant Slaughter would be up there going, all right, USA. And then like right after GI Joe ended WWF superstars came on. And then he was out there with the Iraqi flag telling saying down with America. I always thought that was funny. (laughs) That was the moment where I knew wrestling was fake. (laughs) You don't always, Second, um, go ahead. So I don't know why this became a stereotype, but I always see it. The sailor who's wearing the dungarees, his dress cap, and a full bushy beard. <laughs> I, I don't know where that stereotype came from, but to the best of my knowledge, we all shaved on ships. Are you talking about shipwrecked? Yeah. That guy, shipwreck, is that his name? Which, if you're a sailor, that's not a good thing. That's a terrible nickname to have. Yeah, it's like, like being the captain of a submarine and your name is Sunk. <laughs> uh, what's your name? Oh, yeah, Captain Screen Door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
but with the power of flex seal. <laughs> yeah. Hey, dude, that shit works. That flex tape. Yeah. I, I had a leak in my house and it was leaking down into my office. And my wife and I are like, fuck, we can't. We got to do a quick fix on this thing. So we went to the store. As soon as it, the rain broke, we went went upstairs or we went up onto the roof and slapped flex tape all down because they didn't put the freaking what the addition shingling yeah they didn't put the fucking facing or whatever it was on the on the the uh, connection to the addition to the house and the old one the la- the last owners so we yeah we went up there and put flex tape on there and it hasn't leaked since it's like that man they weren't fucking kidding that shit's good <laughs> you know what's amazing when you told me the story i had not yet met your wife yet so i had not met yet met you wow that was terrible <laughs> I had not yet met your wife. So, and this is why a lot of my notes have lines through them. So, <laughs> you told me the story, and I had to just throw in an image of who I thought it might be. <laughs> and after meeting her, it's so much better than what I thought. <laughs> my wife's hardcore, dude. She gives no fucks and takes no prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like really once we actually met it's like hmm that story's way better now yeah oh with her climbing on the roof and slapping tape on there now it's so much more fun yep yep i'm the tech guy and she's the fucking mechanic that's how it's always been that's why our relationship works hey someone's got to fix stuff yep that's how she was raised she'd get in trouble all the time and get grounded and she'd have to work with her dad (laughs) <laughs> and that's then that's why she knows so much shit only thing i ever learned from working with my grandfather was i cannot hold a flashlight <laughs> like yeah. i don't think i ever once held that flashlight the way he wanted nope man neither did i in fact i used my dad used to just be like want me to help and then i wouldn't do something right and he'd be like just go <laughs> just go and then i was like okay so what you're saying is learn to how do you do computers so I know so I have a trade because it's obviously not gonna be this. Oh, I also would get get, get the thing. The the thing. I need the thing. It's it's over in the corner by the the the, the thing. I don't know I'm, why I'm making my grandfather Italian, but I I'm I'm just picturing you with like from Christmas story as a young stern you've got the when they're changing the tire and the screws fall and you're like budge I mean that's not far off you know what's funny about that about that movie the guy that made that movie also made the 1974 movie Black Christmas with the slasher yeah oh I love that movie same guy really Christmas story and that movie. Same guy. He just like he just like Christmas movies, I guess, because yeah, he sure did. He made the he made uh, and also fun fact about uh, Black Christmas. Black Christmas is actor Steve Martin's favorite movie of all time. Really? Mm-hmm. What is what's the last uh, there was a there was a Christmas movie, but it had Santa as a fighter. Oh, like, was it just, season's beatings? Is it? It might have been. Is it just like new? It's not the new yeah. one. It's not Violent Night, is it? Nope, that's the one. Yep. Yeah, with uh, the dude from Stranger Things. I actually know him as the dude from Black Widow, but yep. Yeah. 
I David Harbour. I love that movie. That movie is so much fun. Yeah, Violent Night. Violent Night was great. I took I went took the kids to the theater to see it. They loved it. Then we watched it again here, and my wife watched it, and she loved it. And then uh, so we just we bought it. So it's great. Yeah, I really like that movie. Oh, what's the other one? I I need to see Mean One. Which one? It's like a it's like a horror version of The Grinch. Basically, oh, um, yeah, Winnie the Pooh, about. Blood and Honey, just with the Grinch. Grinch. Have you seen the one with Bill Goldberg, Santa's Sleigh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's funny. What was the... Oh, there was a Jean-Claude Van Damme Universal Soldier with... Yep. All of a sudden, Bill Goldberg's in it. I'm like, get the oh, and, fuck Oh, yeah, out the of fourth here. one. It's in part four. Yep. Universal Soldier The Return. And it still had Dolph Lundgren. And it still had Van Damme. And all of a sudden, Bill Goldberg. And I think maybe like one of the other ones after that had Randy Couture in it. Yes, it did. Yeah. God, what do, right do with, what do I know? They this keep shit? making they keep making the Scorpion King. Oh yeah. And they just keep putting in random people. Yeah. And like the Scorpion King is never the same guy twice. Pretty soon they're just going to have a stand and then just a fucking piece of rock. Because it's like, well, the rock was the Scorpion King, so they're just going to like fucking CG a rock onto a fucking centaur. And that's going to be the Scorpion King. Oh, who Played was by it? the rock. It, you know so the moment stupid. where someone's giving an interview and they just say one thing that lets you know they have no idea what they're talking about? Yeah. So this guy was talking about some movie about Egypt, and he says... This person and it wasn't even Egyptian. That's a horrible thing. You need to have proper representation. Like when they got the rock to be the Scorpion King. Like, oh, dude. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. the rock is like not Egyptian. Like, I don't even think you're on the right continent. <laughs> <laughs> not even in the right hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> Like, even if we're real generous about the travels of High Chief Peter Maivia and Rocky Johnson, I don't think they even came close to... Rocky was going was gonna to wrestle in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Thank God they didn't at that point in time. Yeah. Um, like, it still terrifies me, the idea that Eric Bischoff went to North Korea. Yeah, that... Dude, that fucking... That's some psycho shit right there. Like... Kim Jong-un is one thing, but boy, the stories of Kim Jong-il. Yeah, Kim Jong-un probably would have been cool with it. Like, he'd have been like, ah, oh, cool, you know. Because I think secretly that guy just likes American culture. Oh, yeah, he loves Dennis Rodman. He yeah. loves sneakers and basketball and whatnot. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, he, just, he just secretly likes America, but isn't allowed to say anything. Right. Because the other people in the government would like try to overthrow him or something. I was furious that someone else thought of this joke, but Kim Jong-un, when he first came to power, he built a a gym. He built like a fitness studio for North Korea. And someone just responds with, imagine building a fitness gym that you're not going to use and you're the only fat person in the country. That's funny. And then meanwhile, meanwhile, your neighbor is killing people because they keep calling him Winnie the Pooh. 
that this whole side of the fucking world is so fucked. Yeah. You've got the fucking dude that's probably like you've got the equestrian who wears no shirt while he rides the horses because he's trying to like groom them for other things. And then he's you not in the kind of shape where you should be riding horseless shirtless. Right. I said and... riding horseless, but that'd be impressive actually. Yeah. And then you've got the Winnie the Pooh killer. And then you've got fucking the closet fucking capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck is going on over there? Um <sighs> All right, AEW. Main event time. Yep, main event time. Did you get to see Ricky Starks versus Jay White with a finish that confuses me? I I saw the end, like the very end of it, and that was when, the when interfered. yeah yeah they came down for no fucking reason. And here's what I don't get. Okay, so much like I don't understand why Pretty Deadly tag Austin 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 Theory to get the pin. And that's all he does? He doesn't do a move? You were channeling Mike Tyson, weren't you? <laughs> often, often theory. <laughs> I'm a theory when I was saying this. And... Prince. I like to listen to Prince. <laughs> like, I'm often. sorry. Whoever put an S in the word lisp, you're an asshole. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just being a dick. <laughs> There's no other excuse except for you're just a son of a bitch. Like, you're just entertaining yourself, and you're being an ass doing it. That sounds like something that the Pooh Bear Killer would do. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't get... The ass boys run down, they do the big move, then Jay White hits his finish. And it's like, he's down. Just pin him. This is more unnecessary motion. They really didn't want him to kick out. They were just, he was just putting an exclamation on that shit. He should be dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if the Canadian Destroyer doesn't take people out, what does? Nothing. <laughs> Jesus. I was, I was actually so impressed. We did have, it was the Chris Statlander match. It ended with a pile driver. And I totally wasn't even looking at the screen because I saw a pile driver and went, okay, kick out it too. I have enough time to go over. I'm sorry, what? Coco Beware showed up and started singing? (laughs) (laughs) Dead out of love, pile driver. Like, wow, a win with a pile driver. We never see that anymore. I think that if somebody played that song when I was in the middle of a match, it would distract me and I'd lose. It'd be the same thing, just less dangerous. Like they could play <laughs> Pile Driver and then Schoolboy me and I would lose because I'd be like, why the fuck is Coco Beware singing Pile Driver in the middle of my match? I don't understand. <laughs> That's the shenanigans that Gringo Fantastico would have done. <laughs> That's the kind of shit that I would have tried to tried to uh, feed the fucking promoter. But like, okay, Zoo. So, at the end of the match, you're going to put me up for a pile driver, and then over the loudspeaker, you're going to play pile driver the song, and it's going to confuse the fuck out of me, and then I'm going to get, I'm going to lose the match. <laughs> and then in the distance, you can hear Congo Kong being like, "God fucking damn it!" <laughs> so I've always had this 
want. It's not a theory. It's just I want this to be true, <laughs> so I'm willing it into reality in my mind. Yeah. I want two wrestlers to get married, and they're both super fans of wrestling. So, like, let's say Brian Danielson and Brie Bella. Why not? And Brian Danielson walks up to Doc. He walks up to Michael Hayes and says, I really want you at my wedding, but I want you to sing one song. And Michael Hayes looks at him and goes, oh, man, what what do you want me to sing? And Brian Danielson goes, I think you fucking know. I think you know exactly what I want to hear at my reception. Bad Street, U.S. <laughs> Yep, that's funny. I, I get, I'm just picturing, I'm picturing like when Brian Danielson comes down to the aisle, he comes down and he's got a robe on, and all of a sudden you hear, "Glorious, I will give in, I will give in till I'm victorious." Which that gimmick should come back. Yes, when he comes back, he should be come back as fucking Robert Roode with that fucking gimmick. And keep him and Dolph Ziggler away from each other. There's oh, God, no yes. need to do that anymore. Yeah, like, and if you have to put them together, let them feud or something. You know, that would be a know, fun match. I love people saying Dolph Ziggler needs to leave WWE and go somewhere else. Why? They they've already killed him, so let him just, you know, stay there and save his money. Yeah. Like him... I'm sure he goes into negotiations and goes, All right, um, how many million? Cool. I'm just gonna save it. There yeah, why not? Awesome things called IRAs and CDs, and I'm sure he's got a few. Oh, I'm sure. You know, Lloyd actually knows him. Really? Yeah, and Lloyd was telling me stories about how he's a like super nice guy, and he's a big trauma fan. So yeah, he was telling me he's like, oh, you should talk to, you should talk to that Dolph Ziggler guy. He's great. <laughs> and then Lloyd goes on and on talking about how like John Cena is a big trauma fan too. And like John Cena's a great, really nice guy. Like, and, and it's had discussion. But yeah, he told me that like um, Dolph Ziggler is like a huge trauma fan. He's just like the super nicest guy ever. I'm like, oh, that's he awesome. seems like it. He also yeah. does stand up, and he's oh, and not hilarious. terrible at it. No, he's it's like funny. pretty good. Yeah, and I it's not even love, all wrestling jokes. I did love. They tried to get whichever. I think it's Jay married to Naomi. Yeah, and. They tried to get him to do stand-up, and it was on Total Divas, so no one saw it but me. He was perfectly safe. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was just jokes about Naomi. <laughs> like, the whole thing was just making fun of her little idiosyncrasies, and she has to go to the confessional like, I'm supportive of my husband, but I didn't know it would be all about me. <laughs> <laughs> Feel the glow. <laughs> She's apparently doing well in Impact, which, hey, hey God bless her. She was always perfectly capable in the ring. Yeah, she was great. At least finally they're acknowledging her. Yeah. You know, so like, is she still wearing the cool shoes? Oh, yeah. Those are fucking great. That's the, my favorite part about her is her, her fucking outfits. So. I think, isn't she? I thought she was married to Jimmy. I'm sure. I, I'm really not 100% certain on which one, so yeah, why not? The beauty well, of having a phone right here. The internet is a thing. Yeah, I'm going to be able to look that shit up right now. And we can make ourselves not liars, or at least me. 
Yeah. Because I mm. tend to believe stupid shit just because I want yep. it to be true. I was right. It's Jimmy. Okay. Yep. Like, oh, okay. One of my friends and I were discussing this. I want to see if I'm right. So there's one rumor I found that no one on this planet has not heard, or at least past a certain age. Everyone has heard this rumor. Mm. Marilyn Manson had two ribs removed so that he could <laughs> suck his own dick. <laughs> yeah, everyone's heard that. And they have also heard that he was Paul from the Wonder Years. Yep. Yep. Like that is the one rumor I found where I, I don't care what language you spoke, I don't care what creed you were, anything. You heard that Marilyn Manson had two ribs removed. I'm pretty sure I started the Ultimate Warrior was dead rumor. I'm pretty <laughs> really? sure I was. I'm pretty sure I was because, like, that wasn't even a thing. And then my cousin was being annoying when Russell when WrestleMania right before WrestleMania eight. And I was like, oh, did you hear the Ultimate Warrior died? Like, all the steroids, he had a heart attack and died. So this was like 1992 or something. And my well, cousin's you like, were right, just 30 years too soon. Yeah, and my cousin's like, oh, really? Oh, my God. And then, like, three or four years later, you start hearing the rumor that he had died. And that guy from WrestleMania 8 was, like, his brother. <laughs> and, I'm like, I, and I think back, like, I wonder if it was me who started that rumor. If so, that's awesome. <laughs> like, I've always wondered, like, stupid things. Like, who was the first person to do a knock-knock joke? And what was it? I don't know. Like, just one of those... It, it, no one on the planet has not heard it. Well, no one in the English-speaking world has not heard a knock-knock joke. There's no way. Maybe it was just... Maybe it was just... Uh... On, on accident maybe it was just like one of those things where someone's like uh the, the, you know they knocked on the door and no one answered and they were like knock knock and they were just being sarcastic because they were just like had to stay in there forever and was knocking and no one answered knock knock and then finally he's like whoa who's there and they'd be like aren't you glad i didn't say banana <laughs> <laughs> but you know with technology like you can trace fads back to the very first thing like I'm sorry, that stupid Wednesday dance that I had to deal with for so long on social media. Oh, God. The worst was, I wasn't even offended at the dance until everyone did it. No, that's that's because fads ruin things. I didn't even watch that show. Like, I didn't even want to watch that show. I even, Someone on Twitter said it perfectly. Jenna Ortega's fine, but we don't fucking need her in every movie. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Like even they did a terrible portrayal of Pugsley, in my opinion. They did a terrible portrayal of Fester. Which, how the fuck do you fuck up Fester? That's like the easiest character. Bald, white, <laughs> and insane. a giant. Yeah, insane. <laughs> Light bulb and mouth. Okay, done. And no, they made him like white, bald, but tall and trim. And you're like, what the fuck is this? And then they, um, Louise Guzman was fine, I thought, as Gomez. That worked out. Because, I mean, he's, you know, John Aston was, is always going to be, you know, my Gomez and, and, and Raul, uh, Julia. Yeah. 
is going to be Gomez. So it's really hard for anybody to do a Gomez and me to be okay with it after that. It's not that it's not that Luis Guzman was bad. It's just that after Ra, after Raul Julia, like I don't give a shit. Like that that was Gomez. <laughs> like I've seen the top of the mountain. <laughs> I've seen the top of the mountain, and it was good. I- I was annoyed with Catherine Zeta-Jones for no other reason than just like all the WWE divas of Stacey Keeler, Tori Wilson, Trish Stratus, she apparently doesn't age. <laughs> and you just look at it and go, God, either these ladies have lived a good life or I lived a really hard one. Maybe Rachel Gould threw in the Lazarus pit. Maybe that's what happened. I totally forgot about this scene, but YouTube decided I wanted to see it, and boy, were they right. Apparently... <laughs> In Batman Beyond, there's a scene where Bruce meets Talia, and Bruce does a little bit of the pit, so he gets back into fighting shape, but he's not back at full Batman strength. Yeah. Then they realize Rachel Ghoul has transferred himself into Talia. Oh. And so <laughs> Terry McGinnis goes, "That's sick. That's twisted." And Bruce goes, "You think that's sick? He kissed me." <laughs> it's amazing i died when i heard that speaking of fun episodes of like animated batman my favorite episode of batman the uh it's actually an episode of superman the batman and superman adventures or whatever yep it's the episode where bruce wayne goes missing and Superman goes to Gotham and Robin's like, oh, I, had, where, I don't know where Bruce is. And he's like, oh, I'll, t- I'll take care of this. And yeah, and he puts on the Batman outfit and then Bane shows up and he's like, I'm going to break your back again. And Superman's like, okay. And he like fucking does it. And he's like, and he like lands it and Superman just like picks up the shit with one finger and then just basically just owns Bane. He just makes him his puppy dog bitch. <laughs> It's so great. How is he so strong? How is he so strong? (laughs) Oh, and Robin looks over and just calmly, he's been working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love that episode. It's one of my favorite episodes because Bane's just like, I'm going to break your back again. And Clark's like, okay, you should try. (laughs) Clark could have, have Gotham City cleaned up in an afternoon. Right. I don't understand why Bruce is just like, can you take care of this shit for me, please? Like, just come out and we'll spend the day together. You know, we'll just have a good time as buddies and we'll and we'll clean up like we'll clean up Gotham. You know, like you can get you can get everybody locked up and I'll take them to the Arkham and then you can wrap Arkham in some weird fucking like <laughs> impenetrable super, film. Yeah, that you, you throw all of them into the Phantom Zone. <laughs> just throw them all into the Phantom Zone. Fuck it. And like then Gotham like becomes like this amazing place. It's like it's like the fucking Bel Air of Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that because my aunt lived there. <laughs> so I do love that if you look at like comic timeline. So Bruce and Batman are gonna work together, clean up Gotham, all that. Then they're gonna fight each other in the future. But somehow in the past, because Ronald Reagan is president. <laughs> like in um Ronald Reagan, the actor. What's Batman Batman Returns that um 
why am I blanking on everybody? Jesus, I need to have notes or something. <laughs> it's that famous scene, the lightning's coming down, Batman does the pose. Yeah. Frank Miller, that Frank yeah. Miller drew. Okay, yeah. When Batman and Superman are fighting each other, Ronald Reagan is president. And you just look at the comics going, we're way past that. Yeah. Like, even in the comic, you have technology that didn't exist yet. Well, I'm going to go back to maybe Ronald Reagan went into the Lazarus pit. And <laughs> that's all my, that's my answer to anything weird like that from the DC universe. It's always Ray Al Ghul's fault. That's going to be voting from now on is just, you go, do you like choice A? Do you like choice B? If no to either, please click C. Click. My fellow Americans, I'm glad you've chosen me again. <laughs> <laughs> or even worse. Hi, everybody. My name's Richard Nixon. <laughs> How great would that be if just all the former presidents, if you don't like any of the two choices, you click C, but it's a randomizer. Ooh. So you never know if you're going to hear Barack Obama or if you're going to hear, <laughs> I knew you'd be back. <laughs> yeah. Or... Or like you know, the, it's flawed, so it's purposely meant to, to and no one wins. So we always get William Howard Taft. <laughs> <laughs> you have chosen William Howard Taft. <laughs> and then the Crusader from Indiana Jones comes up and goes, "He chose poorly." <laughs> Are you going to go see the new Indiana Jones movie? Meh, I don't know. Indiana Jones and the Back to the Future? <laughs> Indiana Jones and the AARP membership? Yeah. I like that theory there where everyone says that, that Indiana Jones is basically like Han Solo's fever dream while he's in Carbonite. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. I could have believed that, except right. for all the historical historical uh, accuracies towards our own time and place, <laughs> like in a galaxy Especially far, because... far away, except for in Han Solo's fever dream. <laughs> well, here's my question: Was Indiana Jones was set in the past during the year it was made, but was it a long time ago? So it would have been set in the same year as Star Wars. Hmm. Like, because Star Wars know. is future technology, but in the past. Yeah, which is weird. Like, it, it, that is the one thing about the opening to every Star Wars where it's just, it could have just been in a galaxy far, far away. It would have made so much more sense. Maybe this is like the bullshit that happened throughout the galaxy, which is a reason why our world sucks so bad. Because of all <laughs> these bullshit wars they had in the stars turn... The only thing that was left was a few remnants, and this is what we have now. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we're actually tattooing after a long time and there was water. <laughs> Maybe tattooing is Mars. And Maybe we're and we're Coruscant, like... and we're fucking Naboo. Oh god. Yeah. Must we be Naboo? <laughs> well, I mean Although we at least get Kieran Knightley and Natalie Portman as leaders, I'd be down for watching their speeches. And I'm sorry, but Boss Nass is fucking awesome. I don't care what anyone says. Dude, when I was a kid, I loved Boss Nass. He's I great. I don't understand why everybody does the whole 
as a kid, I always hated like, no, you didn't. I, I was no. there. We all were enamored. Well, I was I was 19 when that movie came out. So <laughs> I was almost 19 when, when The Phantom Menace came out. But I saw that movie in theaters 11 times. And I'll tell you what, I never got I never hated the Gungans. I was like, Gungans are fine. Like, you know, these they're there. There's a reason why the Gungans are there. And, you know, they're there yeah. to cater to the small to the small children that like weird noises and like clumsy characters that's the only reason why the gungans are there and i get that i had a jar jar binks toy growing up like yeah yeah you know i thought it was funny everybody had the little pizza hut cup topper that was i I, my favorite one was i always loved wado wado was my favorite character from the phantom menace because he's such a dick right he's like no my tricks don't work on me only money and I'm just like, Watto's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm always curious, how did Watto discover that mind tricks don't work on him? Like, and then he says, well, are you waving your hands around like some kind of a Jedi or something? Like, wouldn't he have to have resisted it at least once to know that a Jedi mind trick doesn't work on him? <coughs> ah, excuse me. Um, Maybe he just knew. Maybe it was like, because he was a... He's so greedy that he'll never focus no, he on was, it. No, he was else. a tridar or tridarian or whatever. Yeah. So like maybe he's just like something that his race because Jedi's were around. Maybe it's just something that has his he knew about his race. Okay. He's just that's like, a good idea. He's his, he's just like eh, mind the tricks and don't work on me, you know. And that's because he's like, I already know this because my dad told me this when we were fucking fishing one day, <laughs> you know. And I love Sebulba. Fucking Sebulba was was great. (laughs) And he's always like threatening to kill the small child. Like he's trying, he's literally trying to murder fucking young Anakin Skywalker. (laughs) I'm like, wow, Watto's hardcore fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I even love when his whole thing crashes, he almost dies. He flips like 12 times and he just lands and goes, ah, damn it. (laughs) He's like, ah, poodoo. But no, one of my favorite lines to one of my favorite shows. I I love Hercules, the legendary journeys. Yeah. Oh, the. But at one point, this girl asked him. Kevin Sorbo show? Yep. Okay. This girl asks Hercules, Are you immortal? He goes, I don't know. And she goes, Well, do you think you'll find out? He's like, Eventually. That was back before Kevin Sorbo was a dumpster fire. Right. <laughs> like, And it's such the most amazing thing where if you're the publicist for any celebrity, don't you at some point just look at them and say, stop tweeting. I don't care if you're right or wrong. Shut up. Yeah, just shut the fuck up. Save your goddamn career. You're not going to make either of us any money. Right. You know, like, think think of what you want in the privacy of your own phone, not on your or privacy of your own home, not on your phone. Like you know? if you just want to tweet out, hey, really excited to work on the new project that won't offend anybody. There you go. That's all you gotta do. And if you're offended, well, it's not on purpose and we apologize. Right. You know what I mean? So but I mean in that case, everyone's offended by fucking everything anymore. So Oh know. my god, we've gotten to the point like uh, I don't know the rules anymore. <laughs> I don't either. I'm just like, whatever. Whatever works. 
like I said, I'm a public figure, so I'm not allowed to have an opinion anymore. So I don't, I just, I just, I'm not like a huge public figure, but I am one. So like, I have to be very careful about what I say. Um, I just think we'd all be better off if we kept our necks warm and wore classy turtlenecks. And the FCC regulated social media. <laughs> I'm telling you, if they did that, things would be a lot fucking quieter. Couldn't be worse. <laughs> like we've gotten yeah. to the point of, well, I don't think it'd be worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the like they tried that with shit with a net neutrality, which I'm not a fan of net neutrality because I think that's bullshit. They shouldn't be able to throttle information to one place more than another. Right. Um, I think that's bullshit. But um, but as far as regulating fucking dangerous fucking opinions on either side, I think that's probably you know, it's not and not when they're not when they're literal call to arms. That's a problem. Yes. That's a huge fucking problem. And like, I don't care what side you're on. You do not tell people, go to this person and make their life miserable. Or let's all storm Area 51. I hope, I was hoping someone was going to do it. I was hoping someone was going to try. I was just like, please fucking do that shit so I can watch the fucking fireworks. I was watching the live streams just in case that happened. Yeah, I was like, because the whole time, like, try. Okay, um, I don't know what's there, but I know they're not going to let you find out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, please try, because I want to see how many idiots can get arrested at one at the same time. (laughs) It's a lot like the lion's cage at a zoo. There are a lot of signs there that say, "Keep out, danger." Come on, dude, we're not fucking around. I'm dead ass serious, motherfucker. Was it that George Carlin always used to say? Whichever child eats the most marbles doesn't grow up to have kids of his own. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we call that Darwinism. Um, George, so if Bill Cosby, before we found out everything, was America's dad, George Carlin was like America's dad, but it was tough love. Yeah. We're like, he told you what you needed to hear. America's coked out grandpa. Like, <laughs> like, coked out grandpa who knew that, who had a fucking really good grasp on things. Right. Like that one line that he had it's one big club and you ain't in it. Yep. I, I wish, I wish that George Carlin was around now. Because I would love to hear the fucking shit he would say about the dumpster fire we've we've turned our country into at this point. Right? Oh my god, I saw some politician used George Carlin in his ad for a campaign. And it was the whole, like, this person's corrupt, this person's corrupt. And the whole time all I could think is, George Carlin would hate you. Yeah, really. Like, I think you missed the entire point of his existence. Yeah, and then someone. I would love to see a politician that uses Sam Kennison. So the politician just goes <laughs> up there and just screams in everybody's face, like just yells incoherently at the other. Like they do a debate. Like I'd love to see you. I'd love to see a president fucking model after because you know the presidents model after JFK. They model after whoever. I would love to see a president model after Sam Kennison because then you get someone like Trump up there being like, bah, 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 bah. shut up. 
That was the you know, one funny thing that Biden did <laughs> during he the just fucking goes, oh, debate. Shut up, He's man. Like, you just shut up. I'm like, <laughs> not even choosing a side. I was just so sick of hearing it at that point. I was just like, thank you. Like, uh, God. Like, it still blows my mind that Donald Trump has apparently never drank and never done drugs. Bullshit. Well, he even made the joke, yeah, can you imagine how unbearable I'd be if I did? (laughs) (laughs) At least he owns it. I gotta give him, like, at least he's self-deprecating. This guy's good. (laughs) Yeah, at least he's owning it. Oh, fuck me, that's funny. (laughs) It does also terrify me, though, going... So these are the thoughts of a sober man. <laughs> like, like, uh, a very disturbed sober man. Like at least there's a lot of politicians where you go, okay, these are the thoughts of an elderly person who should be put away and like but to go, oh, you're sober now? Are you sure? Must you be? Dude, I, I knew that our country was fucked the moment. And it's not even because of his politics and you know, whatever. I don't care i've made it abundantly clear that i don't fucking care about politics but like the moment i knew our country was fucked was when trump got elected for president and two members of our presidential cabinet had headlined wrestlemania <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah we're we're fucked this is like idiocracy right now like pretty soon it's, it's gonna be fucking what's what's his face uh the macho camacho ray the macho camacho or whatever his name is yep it was, it was who, camacho who fucking played him? Like he did it so well. Oh, it, it was um the oh my god, he's Terry in Terry, yeah. Brooklyn one Brooklyn nine nine. Terry, Terry Cruz. Yeah, his real name's yeah, Terry Cruz. That was great. But, oh my yeah. god, I fell into the movie title joke. <laughs> like you remember when we were all there and it became a running gag of like, dude, what's the movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger's like trying to terminate people? Like <laughs> yep. Or like or like the, there was this really big fish and it was eating people. It it had like really powerful jaws of some kind. Yeah, but man, what about those two girls? Those two women that were just trying to like trying to bend hell, like. Right? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's pretty much how we roll on set of this show. <laughs> just stupid, just stupid jokes, which makes perfect sense considering the show. And to who started that, we love you. Yes. Is that all that happened on wrestling this week? That is all that happened on wrestling this week. It was a kind of quiet week. Not even a whole lot of rumors. Yeah. Not like yet. The the only clickbait article I saw was like, why Alexa Bliss invited Devon Dudley into her room. And uh, yeah, that why that stop. Yeah. Oh, the, I, yeah, there was the one where Francine had, like, an online fucking fight with Sonny's fucking boyfriend, with Tammy Sitch's boyfriend. Like, he was going, because Sonny's in jail still, and, like, her, her boyfriend's on her Twitter account, like, accusing Sonny of all this shit, and, like, saying, oh, yeah, uh, they're accusing Francine of stuff, and, like, Francine's like, what are you talking about? And the guy's like, yes, uh, Tammy says that she's going to tell the whole world about all the things you did. And I'm going to tell your husband about all these horrible things. Francine's like, what? I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, like, you know, Sonny's Sonny's my friend and I wish her the best. But, you know, like, I'm just. Yeah. So that was the whole thing. 
and then I've like one of the anything I've never heard anything but Francine was a completely classy lady. Yeah. And then there like one of the dirt sheets fucking popped up. Uh one of the Twitter dirt sheets headlines was like Francine gets called out by uh Tammy Sitch's boyfriend about infidelities or something and Francine respond like replies to the fucking headline to the Twitter account. She's yep. like, this must be a really fucking slow news day. Like, she didn't say fuck it, but she's just like, this is a really slow news day, isn't it? She's like, what? A, you guys are, she's like, you guys are awful. Right. Like, plus, I can't stress enough, Sonny's boyfriend doesn't have the best track record himself. No, I, it's, it's Sonny's boyfriend's whoever fucking is there at the time. Whoever right. has, probably whoever has the most smack. Like, and maybe the most pull. <laughs> It's a game show. Who has yeah. the most smack starring Tammy Sitch? Whoa! <laughs> yeah, she's a... I've met her a couple of times. She's a character and a half. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, it was one of those things where everyone was just like, uh, yeah, like, Sonny will probably go and... Sonny will probably go hang out. And Axel Rott used to tell me all kinds of stories about her. <laughs> but I mean, Axel wasn't exactly had the best track record either. But he used to, he used to tell me stories that were crazy enough to be legit from like all their times in ECW. And I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, dude! He's like, don't get me started. I've got so many of these stories, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to hear them. Like, so, so I used Still... Axel. Axel used to call me on the phone all the time and just just talk. He would talk for like two hours. Like he would just call me randomly for no reason and just talk. Like he he would talk to me, he was telling me about like what he'd actually talked to me about Billy Corgan before Billy Corgan even got involved in wrestling. Like he would call and say that Billy Corgan was trying to start a promotion in Chicago called like Revolution Pro or something like that. And he's like, You should come and you should come and do that with us. Like he was trying to get me on the fucking roster with fucking Billy Corgan's Chicago promotion. I'm like, bro, like I don't know about all that. But yeah. <laughs> So, anywho, yeah. So that was wrestling for the week. So I think that's probably all I've got. Yes, and um, subscribe to the Troma Now app for only five dollars a month. You can save a cute puppy. No, like for only five dollars a month, you can watch all of Fantastic Disaster Peace Theater. And I promise that I won't sing Sarah McLaughlin to you. Um. But yeah, and that then has when to the, be the most depressing concert. Oh, I know, right? Everyone's there just crying because they're thinking about like they're like a dog, and and she's like, "Why are you all crying? I'm trying to perform this beautiful song," and they're all like, "Because of the dogs." <laughs> but uh, so yeah, we're looking at a tentative release date for season two's premiere of August first. That it's coming up pretty quick, like a lot quicker than. It's sneaking up on me a lot quicker than I thought it would. So um, the, the premiere, I'm in the middle of editing it, and it's turning out pretty funny. Uh, it turned out a lot better than I thought it would, um, not because of the people involved in helping, but because of my writing. Because <laughs> it, was, it was a really quick turnaround for that premiere. Like It was like I had a script written, and then we had a guest not be able to do the show. And so I had to rewrite the whole episode three days before we shot it. And so it's, but it's turning out really funny. So anyway, everybody, that's it for us for tonight for Jason, the turtleneck Hilton.
and legendary luchador gringo fantastico thank you for joining us for another fine fun-filled ridiculous episode of headlines headlocks and hijinks brought to you by sears no i'm just kidding not <laughs> not brought to you by sears that's that's awful um that's terrible but yeah that's it for us for tonight everybody thanks for joining us thanks for downloading and uh and listening to our rants everybody have a good night and uh take it sleazy peace